Good evening and a welcome to El Oso Pumar Takes. This is our 261st take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. I say that every week, but this is going to be a really unique journey for us all tonight because we're going to do something that we have never done before on the show, and it's going to be awesome. Now, my guest normally picks my cigar tonight, but I've selected the cigar, but my guest is going to be picking the accessories that we'll be using, and it's going to be not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Yes, six different fantastic products from this fantastic company. But before we get to formal introductions and announce the guest of honor, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. The latest and greatest from Drew Estate is, of course, an oldie but a goodie. Something new but something old. Yes, the Papas Fritas is back, but it's back in the Liga Pravada H99 blend. Yes, the Liga Pravada H99 blend is now available in the Papas Fritas size. Yes, the iconic Papas Fritas size is now available with the Liga Pravada H99 blend. You can check it out at any Drew Diplomat retailer. So go out, check out the, any Drew Diplomat retailer and check out the Liga Pravada H99 in the iconic Papa's Fritas size and get more Drew Estate wherever possible. So thank you, everyone. So welcome, everyone. This is our 261st take. So without further ado, let's get to introductions. Tonight's guest is sponsored by United Cigar. Smoke one today. Start living United. It is Mr. Jimmy Miyoto of Quality Importers. Jimmy, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this tonight and, and being a part of my show. I'm so excited to uh break out some of these products that we've got i've kind of just i didn't i didn't bury the lead in the intro i usually do it's usually a little more intrigue but i was just so excited this is something that we've never done on the show um i've certainly had products and i've used different products and i've talked about products but this is this is something completely completely different and there's a really cool thing about each one of these products too uh that we've got and everything so um um so let's get right into this before um but actually, before we do real quick, um, there was something that I kind of wanted to I, I did want to just kind of break the ice a little bit with here. Uh, and I was just I was just interested. Did you, so I, I, we're going to get to talk a little bit more about your background and everything like that here in just a few minutes. But um, you uh, you graduated undergrad from uh, UMass Dartmouth. Yeah, and um, one of my favorite directors and, and writers actually attended. He graduated way before you and so i any hopes of you guys being like roommates or something like that is dash but, uh but brian uh brian helgeland who directed is that the movie. la confidential yeah mm -hmm. won the oscar yeah. for la confidential uh he directed uh 42 the biopic about jackie robinson um yeah um big i'm a huge fan of his work um but um i was just um in the spirit of that, I just like I think it's interesting because like I, I went to I went to college and high school with some some people who ended up actually doing some important stuff in sports and other things and everything <laughs> like that. But um, but did, did was there anyone that you went to school with that went on to maybe not quite that that level accolade that did went on to something uh, went on to something great? Well, I actually started at University of Massachusetts in Amherst, and I, I would tell you that my college experience is one of those where 
um, sometimes you don't find the right fit and it's really important for you to find the right fit, whether it's a group of friends or your school or your career, you know, the job and your career and the company you work for. So I actually went to UMass Amherst first and that was not a good thing for me. But when I was there, uh, you know, one of my sweet mates, we lived in suites. Uh, yeah, he did. He was a bass player and he went on to you know, get signed by, I think it was the Beastie Boys record label and uh, they toured and he's opened up for a million people. And uh, uh, they, uh, they were eventually sued and had to change their name because their name was gangster bitch Barbie. Uh, and that didn't go so well, but uh, yeah, him. And then, but then uh, yeah, later on, I finished off at uh, UMass Dartmouth, which was a much better fit for me. And uh, it was a really good experience. I, I did some I did some quick calculating and some math, uh, which probably puts you around the time there. There was another actor that actually went to US, UMass Dartmouth uh, uh, that um, went, I guess he was around your time, which was the because um, I think you graduated uh, 98. Right. Is that that's not 97? I, fin- I finished in 96. The graduation was 97. Oh, OK. Yeah. The uh, the the guy I'm thinking about is Pooch Hall. He was a, he went on to be a you know, an actor as well. Um, okay. yeah, don't know and, that. and he, um, I think he's a couple years younger than you. So probably, but that was yeah. about, that was the only one that I could find that was around, around the same, around the same class and everything. Brian Hegelin is like, uh, I think he, uh, I think graduated like 12 years before you. So definitely, <laughs> definitely not. In the but we, same yeah, classes. definitely knew about him. We all knew about him though, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is, man. He's he's one of my favorites. That's it's awesome. So, um, yeah. So when I, I saw that you went to UMass Dartmouth, there I put two and two together and everything. Uh, I was like, I was like, that's awesome. So I was like, I'm we're gonna talk about him. You know, you. I was like, I don't even care if you've even heard of him. I was like, we're gonna talk about one of my favorites and everything. But, um, but let's get right into. This. So uh, we always uh we we always talk about our major point here on uh, LLS Fumar takes, and uh, tonight's major point is always brought to you by the people. Yes, to. Cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back from the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series. Phoebe Cousins Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. That's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. So, Jimmy, let's get right into it here. We've got three sets of products that we're going to pair up tonight um, mm-hmm. on on some cigars. I actually chose three of the identical cigars. So we're going to smoke the uh, – I'm going to be smoking the United Robusto Natural with all three of these products. It's a 5x52 Robusto. Um, and so I've got three sets here. Um, did You know what sets that we've got, and we'll, we'll certainly get into introductions in short order for everybody in our audience um, but is there, a, is there one that you wanted me to start with? Did you want me to start with the Palio and the single or what, what did you want? Yeah, me to- let's start with the Palio. I think that'd be great. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so we've got the Palio V cutter, um, mm-hmm. to go and I still got, yes, I still got it in the cellophane. So this is going to be a process. Everybody, we're going to have a little process here. Um, Tell, tell us a little bit about this, uh, this particular, cause I mean, yes, it, I mean, it doesn't have like a, a, a an look. Ele- luxuriously named like some of the other products that we'll be talking about later on. Uh, but it, I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy to be fancy. And this is a really nice looking, I love the blue. It's a very nice deep color. Yeah. It's a great blue, right? Um, and so, even, even though it's plastic, it's like, it's, it's a hardy V yeah. cutter and that yeah. action's really smooth. Yeah. 
So this is based on the original polio cutter, um, which is one of my favorites. It's one of my go-tos. Um, I use the, the regular straight cutter and I keep it back here in my patio. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of my go-to cutters. But um, we originally had a V-cut in the polio line years ago. And um, one day um, we noticed, and someone noticed for us, I should say, that with cigars being as large as they've become, um, we really needed a much deeper V-cut for uh, the V-cut to handle and, and give you the opening that you needed to, to get a really full and robust draw. So we redesigned it a couple of years ago. Uh, it has a deeper V, but it's not super deep, but it's, it's a, it's a, it is a deeper V. And you can see from that cut that you have there, you yeah. get a, a really nice opening there. And um, it'll hold, it'll fit, you know, a 60 ring gauge, a 64 ring gauge um, cigar. And uh, like I said, like you said, actually, it's, it's a lightweight piece. It's very, very durable. Um, you have really smooth action, uh, you know, with the, with the finger holes, it's super easy to use. Um, you can toss it around and not worry about the finish or anything like that. And it fits really well in the line. And the most important thing is, is like you were showing, uh, is this beautiful V cut that you get really nice, deep, you get a deep draw out of that. And, um, that, yeah, so that's, this is, this is only two years old. This is, this is Jimmy, this is crazy. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, we talked about this before we, we started the show. You and I both love the guillotine. We like to, we like a lot of draw space. We like, you know, so, um, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting with this. I, I gotta be honest with you, but I've always been, and I, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about this because you obviously have history with this company. There's one V cutter that I've always been partial to, which is a Clebri does that has that deep V cut. Um, okay. um, and I thought that was really deep. This is, this is sensational. Yeah. This, I mean, holy yeah. cow. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like right now, just on the a dry draw, it's just, it feels already amazing. I'm trying to see if they can do justice for people looking, you know, people listening later on podcasts. I'm sorry, but go out and get a Palio V cutter right now. You got to do it. Yeah. If you're a V cut fan, like, holy cow. Um, that's, <laughs> this is, I've never seen anything like this. I'm blown up. This is not this is not acting either, Jimmy. And for my audience, this is not fake. I am literally blown away. This is crazy. I've never. And seen it's that. very crisp. I mean, the lines, yeah. right? It's it's just super crisp. It's sheared right off, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's. Uh, so we've do we have again? Uh, we talked about luxurious names. We do have something with a little bit of panache to it. Uh, the Palio Sienna lighter, which is a single jet torch that we'll be using to light this cigar. Um, and again. Uh, Guys matched me up, man. The blue and the blue. I like this. This is nice. I got a little bit of a matchy matchy going on. Um, I really like the design of this, but I've seen this before, obviously, at the trade show. I love the deep, uh, the deep tank and everything. Um, and then thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jimmy, from the bottom of my heart to to adjust the flame is so easy yeah. on these. Um yeah. God bless you, sir. So, so tell us a little bit about a little bit more about this while I'm going to sure. I'm actually going to I'm actually going to fill it up and light the cigar. So the Palio Siena is actually, you know, the Palio line itself uh, was really made its name in the cutter world. Uh, started in the 90s with the original Palio cutter here and there. I think uh, even before we owned the brand, there was there was a lighter in the line. But it, uh, we decided that it deserved uh, a real uh, you know, robust line with a lot of options and focus on some price points that were 
because we do own the sidecar brand, focus on some price points that were uh, in, in competition with sidecar and gave people who wanted that level of, of usefulness, that level of design, that level of quality in price points starting at $8.99 going to, you know, as, as up as well within the main poly line up to $19.99. And then, and then we we could talk about it later, but we have another version, uh, another segment within the Polio brand called Polio Pro, and that goes up to the $50 range. But this is a $9.99 lighter retail. So there's a super amount of value in here. I think it's, I think we've thought it out well. There's an oversized single flame. So it's not your regular single flame. It's more powerful. It's a more powerful single flame. Go ahead and light, show it, see if we can get it on yeah. there a little bit. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And and then because that that flame will be using more butane as you light it, we, we created a much larger tank, much larger than normal. So if you were to see lighters in this sort of mold, uh, they're much smaller than this. And also... There, the other reason why it's larger is I did, I've always found that a lot of the value line lighters uh, in this price range, 10 to $20, I always found them to be kind of tiny, really, for my hand. And I'm not a huge guy. Um, I think I'm your, I'm your average height, average size, and my hands are average, I think. But I always found them to be tiny. So uh, I, I, I go back to a brand that I used to study back when I was in school, which was Asso, and they started to me, if you're familiar with them, uh, their big thing in the beginning was uh, they would take household appliances and make their handles larger because their goal was to um, make products for people with uh, some hand disabilities or arthritis or things like that. So they would, oh, build, try, yeah. Yeah, they would build healthy handles on it so that, and they would also put text around the handles or they would put, um, they wouldn't use symmetrical shapes, but they may use oblong shapes so that it's easier to twist, uh, things like that. So that idea always stuck in my head when I was, when I started to design lighters. So uh, a wider uh, trigger so that you have more of the belly of your thumb pressing on it. So it's just more comfortable. And then of course, when I first came into the business, uh, all the lighters had, you know, you needed like a screwdriver to turn up the, you know, turn yes. up the flame. And that was like the worst. So, yeah, I've always designed really easy to use. And if I can do the whole bottom, it'll be the whole bottom, but oversized flame adjusters, because even, even after you set the flame to where you want it, you know, as, as the fuel line goes down and you have less, you also have less pressure in there. So you might have to turn it up a little bit to get back mm -hmm. to the flame height that you actually like your preference. So that should be easy. I should be able to just grab it and just do it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, these are really important features that are probably invisible and that's okay because it, it, what the end result is you'll find that the product is easy to use. And uh, yeah, the big tank, we, I do, a, uh, I measure it. Uh, we do a little bit of a, a test where, uh, uh, I'll test the dur duration and, uh, I, you know, and uh, you can easily get a hundred cigar lights out of a full tank this, from the Sienna, crazy. which is, uh, which is a lot, which is a lot. Yeah. Well, and, and you just touched on a couple of things that I want to point out there. That's really special about this TGV. So like one, a hundred, hundred lights, that's insane. Um, mm -hmm. and then what, um, but what you're talking about adjusting the flame. So what I would do is I, I, I became so lazy with that because I, I liked the perfect height where it was at. So when it would get down and that pressure would, that pressure wouldn't be there on some of my other lighters that I had. And I was just, I would just bleed it out. I would bleed out all this fuel and then I would refill it just so I could have the, mm. the, 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 
you know, the flame height that I wanted. Um, yeah, that's on me, right? I, again, I'm, I'm being lazy, so that's fine. But it was just annoying, though. And, like, I mean, God knows how much money I wasted from all that fuel that I just spent by just bleeding it out all the time and everything like that. So you you saved me there, which is great. And then again, a hundred a hundred lights with this. And I remember when uh, I remember when Danilo and Joe told me the price of this. I I thought they said nine ninety nine. I was like, oh, that's hundred bucks. That's I was like, that's a hundred for a hundred lights, you know, guaranteed. That's pretty cool. And they're like, no, bear, nine ninety nine. I'm like, what? <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and light the cigar with it. Um, but I've been toasting it a little bit, and it. I mean, this is a strong flame uh like you said like a strong torch uh, for a single torch it's pretty awesome and then so also with the affordability what i end up doing in lighters uh, the polyline is i actually have you know i have two in the car i keep one in my uh compartment by my elbow and then i have a, a draw in in the because i do smoke in my car i don't smoke in my house but i do smoke in my car uh, and i'll keep one in the compartment by the door I have one or two out here by the patio, uh, one by my, my table and one here by my seat. Um, so I like to have actually a handful and keep them, you know, spread throughout the house, not the house, but throughout the wherever I smoke. Um, and they're great to travel with. They're lightweight and they have a lot of, they keep you know, high capacity. So if you bring it on vacation and go somewhere, you don't have to worry about bringing butane as well because they'll last a weekend easily. I'm I'm still mesmerized by this V cut. Holy cow, this is crazy! And your the smoke is just pillowing out too on this draw. It's crazy, unbelievable. What did you What did you decide to light up? Because I saw you use the same cutter. Yeah, this is a Tetsuahe Reserva, the K triple two 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 two. And Tetsuahe, yeah, this is. It's, it's, the Tetsuo Headline has been one of my favorites since uh, I started smoking, uh, you know, on a regular basis uh, years ago. I've been a fan of their, not only the cigars, but as a, as a marketing person, I've been a fan of how they market and, and how they, um, you know, communicate their brand. And I, I really appreciate the watching the fan, the loyal fans that they have. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they're really respectful to their fans and to their, to their customers. So it's a, uh, it's a brand that I really respect and uh, for a lot of reasons. And yep. yeah, this has always been one of my go-tos. I like, I like the small ones. It's, I really love those. I, I, you know, I don't remember the names, Casadores, maybe uh, the little tiny ones. Oh yeah. Like yeah. The Casadores are great. Those are fantastic. There's one size just above that in the 50 count box that I also like a lot. And those are great. I think, I heard Pete call them dog walkers once, but yeah, sometimes I, you know, I only have like, well, I normally smoke a cigar in about, you know, 20, 30 minutes. I don't smoke for an hour. I, I smoke it pretty quickly, but if I only have like 10 minutes, uh, I'd like to smoke one of those. Yeah. Pete's done a great job with his brand and yeah, some of those smaller cigars that he makes are just absolutely killer. That's great. Um, and this V cut is just fantastic. I, I'm not a V cut guy. I but I I'm so pleased that that I got an opportunity to try this out. This is fantastic. Well, it's unbelievable. Glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mesmerized by it. It's just crazy. Uh, so I diving into a little bit of your journey, your your journey here, Jimmy. I was really like we talked a little bit about you your your time at U UMass Dartmouth and everything. Now you 
I mean, did you grow? I mean, I did you grow up in the Northeast, or did you end up going there for just school, or like where did where did where where did you come from? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I actually did. I grew up in Massachusetts. I grew up in Fall River, Massachusetts, and so Dartmouth is very close by. Um, but I ended up. I wanted to go farther away when I when I left school. I was always uh, a dreamer as a kid, so I dreamed of you know far off places. So I ended up going. Uh, to the western side of the state at first. Uh, but like I said before, uh, I, I ended up finishing at Dartmouth. That was a better fit for me. But I didn't stop, you know, dreaming and, and thinking about far off places. So uh, when I could, I did travel a lot. Uh, and even in my career, I've been able to travel a lot uh, for the position uh, that I've had, positions I've had, and also for the locations where the jobs were. So yeah, I grew up in the Northeast in New England. Awesome. That's uh, my father's side of the family. So Pete, uh, Pete Johnson, you know, Tatawa, he grew Maine. up in Maine. Yeah. So and yep. that's where my, my father's side of the family's from too. So we have this interesting little connection and everything. And I've got, uh, I've got a cousin who lives in Dartmouth, uh, Mass. And I've got, I've got family all spread out through the North, through, through mm. New England. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, Dartmouth is a nice little, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been a couple of years since I've been up there, but um it's a nice little coastal town. I think it's beautiful. Um, I'm it's, um, it's, a, it, w- it wasn't too far from where you grew up and everything. Did you, um, I mean, did you, did you, I mean, in the time, the, the brief time that you spent on the Western side of the state, did you, did you miss it at all? Or like, no, no, just, <laughs> no, no. Just I've of... always, no, I've, I, I've, um, I think I've always, you know, been uh, a bit of an explorer. I've always wanted to be new places, visit new places and living and having the experience of living in a different place was always intriguing to me. Um, And so, yeah, even from a very, very young age, my head was always far away. Uh, I visit often, so I don't get a chance to miss it. I visit fairly frequently, Uh, not maybe as, as I'm older, not as much as I used to, but I still visit my, all of my family is still there and I, I still go there for the holidays, but um, no, I like the adventure of meeting new people, doing new things, uh, being in new places. Um, and I've always felt like I was more at home in, in a bigger city. So I, I looked for those experiences as well. That's awesome. Um, and what was the, what was the place when you were, when you were growing up as a kid, was there like you said, you dreamed of places, you dreamed of adventure. I think was there, was there one or two places that you're like, man, this is when I, when I grow up, you know, I, this is where I want to go. Yeah. Well, I think in high school, I started to, I was a big film buff. Uh, like it looks like you are. And uh-huh. I've seen, you know, many, 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 like way over a thousand films for sure. And uh, that was just another way to sort of escape and dream about all sorts of things in life uh, as I was growing up and I really got into French films. So I always wanted to visit France and visit Paris. And also at the same time, starting when I was maybe uh, I guess 11 years old, I started studying French and went on through college. So uh, that was another connection. Yeah. Yeah. They started us young in New England. And um, so that was also another connection. And then when I went to actually UMass Dartmouth, uh, that was, uh, I was part of a, a business club um, and we did an overseas 
task force where we connected local businesses to European businesses, local actually manufacturers to a lot of European distributors and European um, uh, retailers. And it was a four city trip and the first city was Rome. And uh, I remember we got off the plane and it was the, it was the first plane trip that I got off and got off like on the tarmac, didn't go through a tunnel, uh, got off on a tarmac and like, that was like an experience. And then <laughs> it took, they took us into a, bu a bus that went into the terminal. And with no exaggeration, as soon as the terminal doors open, a, like a heavy cloud of smoke just, just blasted us because <laughs> at that time you could smoke literally everywhere in, uh, in Italy. And they did. Um, so it was, it was filled with uh, smoke and obviously it's mostly uh, cigarette smoke. But when I got to the city, it was such a jarring experience. It was so different from anything I'd ever been around. Uh, it was really shocking to see first the architecture, um, which was so varied, super ancient and super contemporary. Yeah. And I noticed that all the design was also super ancient and super contemporary. Like the phones were so modern looking. And in those days, you know, we still, you know, we didn't, we didn't have cell phones or really sleek looking phones. Not really. Um, so their phones. And I remember the, the columns that they would build, uh, up the overpass for a hot completely different and super futuristic. So it looked uh, the weird of the future. And then, you know, I really, that's where I also noticed that they with all of them and energy, like how you opened your show. Like they talk like that all the time, a lot of energy, <laughs> you know. And that was, I would, that was surprising. I didn't, I thought that was kind of cliche. And that's now it's, they really bring that energy to their conversations, which I thought was amazing. And of course you hear about the food and you know, you, you uh, it's really understated. The food is unbelievable. So um, that was actually my first experience. And, um, and actually I remember uh, during uh, a subsequent trip uh, to Italy being in Milan and Milan has an area called the Galleria and in the corner, it's like the, these, so it's covered with this beautiful glasswork. Uh, open streets with shops and the corner one of the corner shops was actually a, a tobacco shop a cigar shop and it was amazingly like just gorgeous and beautiful and I remember walking in there and um and I had in my hand a sample it hadn't been released yet but it was the uh it was one of the first triple jet flame lighters ever and I, I want to say it was the first but uh, I'm not 100% sure now uh, 20 years later but uh, and showing it to the, to the guys in the shop and, you know, they were kind of going crazy over it. Um, but it was interesting at that time where it's such a prime piece of real estate. And it was a cigar shop. Like, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, then subsequently went to other cities and explored and really enjoyed it. That's what I love about Europe is, it, uh, first of all, I keep everything. So like there's there's always this 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 respect to history, which is unlike anything else. And I, I recognize obviously that the United States is much younger and you have the benefit of growing up on the East coast where stuff is, there is older stuff, you older. know, from, you know, yeah. um, you know, I grew up in El Paso, Texas, where they talked about the three missions that were like the oldest. Yes. The oldest things in, in the, in the, you know, in our state and the part of, and that, you know, West of the Mississippi and everything, but uh, cause they'd been built in the 1500s, but that was it, you know, like pretty much. And, and, uh, 
So it's always nice going to Europe and seeing that kind of that kind of mix of everything. I mean, stuff is. I was just in uh, Scotland and England, and things were built in the 1500s, like nobody's business. And you know, Stirling yep. Castle, which I was there, that's a thousand years old. It was just insane. You know, the the uh, the age on things like that. So it's you know, and then like you said, like you turn the corner and like there's a you know. 400 year old castle and then you turn the corner and there's a cigar shop with modern phone and you know everything like that it's kind of really weird but uh, rome um rome is there's a lot to not like about rome but god most of it's just so beautiful you just can't take your eyes off of it that's that's awesome um where did i know that uh, you actually had a, i guess it was either a minor or secondary degree in portuguese right i did so uh, yeah so, so where did well, that come from um well my family is portuguese uh and well, they, like, <laughs> obvious oh, place <laughs> yeah and like a lot of folks in, there actually are a handful of communities in new england that are uh portuguese and specifically the, the families are from the azores which is a group of islands in the middle of the atlantic so mm-hmm. off the way like a thousand miles off yeah my brother-in-law was stationed there yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah they used to have a yeah they, there was a, an air force base there at one time and um so i when i got older and and uh I remember talking to uh, my grandfather and he was telling me it was a point in my life where I was interested in his stories, you know, and hearing about the history, his history. And I wanted to ask him a lot of questions. And I found that um, I didn't really have the skills to the language skills to fully understand what he was telling me, though I, I kind of understood. And that made me feel like I, I should study more. At the very same time, I had a great professor in college who highly recommended that we if we hadn't started already learn a second language i had already done many many years of french i think uh maybe 12 years of french and i decided since they had a program for portuguese at umass army i would join it and i loved it and uh that uh uh inspired me to take my last semester in portugal in lisbon and so i lived there for six months and uh um Ever since uh, every, you know, uh, young, because uh, I've had young designers work with me and work for me um, uh, that were still in school. Uh, maybe they were uh, doing part-time job or they're doing internships. I've always recommended that people do, uh, if they go to school, uh, I think even more, more or just as important as the degree itself is doing some time overseas. I think it really opens your eyes. Yeah. Um, and you can do it anywhere. But uh, for me, it was uh, very enlightening, and I would say uh, one of the most uh, exciting and awesome times of my life. Yeah, my oldest sister spent uh, quite a bit of time uh, in college abroad. Uh, she spent about two and a half years, and uh, um, and or a year and a half rather. But still, I mean, I mean, when you think about a four-year college program, it's quite a bit of time. But um, um, and I think, I, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for her, but I think it really changed. It really changed the course of her life from, from, from an out, an outside inside perspective of it because of just like how much she was exposed to. And like, you know, she, she went to school for journalism and she ended up getting postgraduate work and, you know, in art history. And now she works in, you know, she's worked in some of the most prestigious museums in, in our country. And it's, you know, it's pretty awesome. Um, very proud of her. She's, um, she's incredible but um 
yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think studying abroad is is something I've spent some time abroad. I never had the opportunity to study. I should have, I should have in hindsight. I should have done. Uh, I should have done a study abroad program, but uh, but got to spend some time uh, overseas. Nonetheless, and I definitely, I'm with you. I definitely recommend it for anybody. And when I went, it was pre. Well, there was internet. And I had email, but it wasn't like you had uh, portable internet on the phone. So, uh, it was. It helped me learn how to travel, how to get to places, how to, uh, you know, all of that sort of um, uh, basic work that, you know, when you travel and which I ended up using later on in my work life when I started to do a lot of travel, when I started to do uh, organized trade shows, uh, that came in handy, actually, and, and, and not being afraid of going to somewhere new and being able to scout help if I needed to do or scout whatever resource I needed to. Uh, you kind of become a little bit fearless when uh, after that. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, so you graduated from uh, UMass Dartmouth, and you uh, am I correct? You went straight to work for Calibri at that point, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was. Um, I had a lot of different plans. Uh, that wasn't my plan, actually. <laughs> um, and but you know, life happens, and it brings you, you know different opportunities. So when I was, it's it's a funny story, quick story. When I lived in Amherst, when I was at University of Massachusetts in Amherst, one day I was walking down the street in Main Street, center of town, and there was this bright yellow thing on the sidewalk, just laying on the sidewalk. And I got closer to it. I picked it up. I didn't know what it was, but it, it looked like, like a lot of the Sony products at that time which was this bright yellow with yeah. black trim stuff. Yeah, I totally and, I remember uh, I the opened face. It up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I opened it up, uh, you know, there's like a, a cap on it. And then I, I realized it was a lighter and I lit it. And then there was this blue flame, which I had never seen before. And I was a, I was a smoker already. And, but I had never seen this blue flame, this hard blue flame. It wasn't like, a, you know, the normal big lighter. And it was a Calibri lighter. I remember seeing the logo and uh, I had that lighter for a little while and then it was eventually stolen from me. And then years later, I go to UMass Dartmouth and then I graduate and I open up the newspaper because in those days when you wanted to look for a job, you actually still looked in the newspaper, though I also looked online. And in the newspaper was this big logo in the one ad section that I recognized and it was the Calibri logo. And I was like, wow, that's the, the lighter company. And I, I, I figured it must be the same. Uh, and then when I called them up and met them, it was. And uh, yeah, within, uh, within three weeks of graduating, I was already, I was working there. And my intention was to be, for it to be a summer job because uh, my intention was to move somewhere to Europe. But I ended up uh, staying there for 21 years. So where, like, I, I think that's, that's, uh... It's one of those funny things like, oh, this is just a temp gig. And then you end up, you know, making a career of it, everything. But I mean, a lot changed though, in your 21 years with Calibri. I mean, obviously, um, I mean, you, you started, um, I mean, you started in, in analysis, right. You know, before yeah, analysis. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things have changed. Um, not only in my career, but in, in really in the cigar world in, in those 20 years and then and, and now 25 plus years. Um, yeah, and I started off, uh, well, I was, a. I had graduated with a marketing major 
And when I got to the company, I realized that, and it was mostly a jewelry company, by the way. Most of its business was jewelry, not 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 cigar accessories. But um, I, it was small enough that I realized I could see all the different parts of business, and I could learn from them. It wasn't a giant company where all of the people are, uh, you know, their positions are really focused on a very small aspect. Uh, of business, uh, everyone had large roles uh, and varied roles, and you got to see all of that. So it looked like the textbooks I read about. I got to see it all in action, and that made it very interesting uh, because I could. I, I immediately realized it was a place where I could learn a lot just by being there, uh, just by observing, and and that's what I did. I just you know I I had a, a specific role. Um, learned the different parts of the business by being there and being part and gradually had more and more opportunities um, and uh, eventually had the opportunity to become um, the lead designer and creative director for, for the company. Um, but that was awesome. a long road, you know, um, and, and that was really my, my ultimate dream because as a kid, uh, that's really what I, what I wanted to do. That was the only thing I wanted to do was really to design stuff. Uh, the first dollar I ever earned as, was as a kid, and I was one of those kids in their very early 80s that fell in love with rap music and graffiti and that whole culture, which wasn't, I don't think it was called hip hop yet. And um, like a lot of kids in my, in my schools, the first thing I did was I started to paint kids' jackets on the back with all this graffiti, and that was really the first money I ever made. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, and so I did that for a couple of years and then, you know, didn't think uh, and art was always a big thing, big thing with me. And uh, but like a lot of kids, I didn't think I could make a living doing it. It didn't seem practical. And I came from, you know, working class city to do practical things, you know, most people. And it's kind of daring to think beyond that. But I dreamt beyond it. And then um, when I started to work, I started to wonder uh, and look for ways to parlay that into, you know, realizing uh, those dreams that I had earlier. And uh, eventually with time and, you know, a lot of time, a lot of hard work, uh, I got there and got those opportunities. That's, that's awesome. I, I, it just like the, uh, the, the idea of talking to you now, Jimmy, was such a, was, was really intriguing to me just because, the idea of designing some of this stuff that we're going to be using tonight and I've already have for that matter. Like it, um, I mean, I know someone has to do it. Right. And I, and I, it's just, it's just, you know, just hearing you talk about a couple of the, like the couple of the two paleo products that we were like, just the way that, like the way that your mind works and the way that you guys have taken feedback and seen like things. And this is, I mean, that's, that's progress in, in about as real time as you can think about it. Right. I mean, you know, when the lighters were initially designed, they're like, okay, great. We can refill it. And then there's an adjustment thing at the bottom. It's really cool. And at the time it was probably pretty revolutionary, you know, but like as time has kind of by, it's like, oh, we can make this adjuster even easier and we can make a tank bigger. So you don't have to refill it as much. And like, um, even the, the pin, the, the placement of the, of the trigger that you were talking about too, on this, I think that's really interesting too. And we might see an example of it later 
or probably not actually, I was thinking about the models that we're going to be talking about, but so far, like many of my earlier lighters, and I still have some of them too, where the trigger is actually right next to the flame and it just mm. gets scorching hot after a while, mm-hmm. especially if you have a larger cigar that you're trying to light. So, I mean, those are obviously things that you, you took into consideration when creating something and it's just, um, I mean, it, it, it's just awe-inspiring in itself. I know that these are, these are simple things to most people, but you know, you look at it differently and, and it's uh, I mean, well, I mean, I ask you like, so when you look at a lighter, some, if someone handed you a Calibri lighter today or another product or, or, you know, doesn't even have to be, a, maybe it's an up and coming brand or something like that. And they're like, Hey, we got this revolutionary thing or this new thing and everything like that. I mean, what do you look at? Like, how do you, cause you have to look at it differently like, than I do. Well, the process is is interesting, and I, I think that one of the advantages that uh, I have is that uh, I'm at Quality Importers. We're users, you know. Uh, many of us are, are cigar smokers. So, from our CEO Mike Giordano is a cigar smoker. Our president and COO Alex uh, Goldman is a cigar smoker. Um, good friend of, of yours and mine, Danilo, is a cigar smoker, Danilo Fallon, who's now our procurement manager. Uh, Joe Grow, cigar smoker. So we're users. And I think that in the past, you probably had uh, a lot of products were made by people who weren't using these, these, these tools, these instruments, and not realizing that, well, these are, these are not, uh, like, it's not jewelry where they just hang on a wrist or on a finger. They have a job to do. So they, so we as people interact with them. So we have hands. Our hands have to interact with these objects mm-hmm. in a way that's comfortable, that makes us feel secure, that makes us feel good, that, that, uh, that the item communicates back to us a level of quality, uh, a level of ease of use, uh, a level of uh, efficiency in how it works. So all of this, all of these thoughts are built into what we design and having you know, multiple sources. And of course, consumer comments that we get a lot, also comments from our retailers, comment from social media and and press, all of those comments we collect and we work into the designs best as best we can. The design process, is, uh, I kind of, I, I personally look at it in, in there are three things going on at once. Um, probably what starts off first and has the most questions involved is all of the marketing stuff, you know? Um, so for example, you know, you, you might have like an autom- an automotive company and they may, their marketing folks might have research that says, or they may notice, Hey, you know, we don't have a large pickup in our line and we, we really need to have a large pickup. The products we have are great, but we don't have this large pickup. And, and we look at we look around in the market, and you know maybe that's and I think it has been the number one selling uh, model has been a, a large picture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So then they decide, well, you know, well, then they start to decide other marketing features. Oh, you know, it, it needs to have it probably should have four wheel drive. It should have uh, maybe a V eight or, or uh, maybe a V six, probably a V eight or something, or all of these features the market features and also at the same time it needs to we need to be able to sell it for this price and um and we need to be able to communicate about it in a certain way and promote it in a certain way and that's basically it's the marketing four p's that you learn in the first day of any marketing class in high school or or in college 
those things get resolved and you uh, first usually and then sort of happening off to the side you probably have some R&D or some exploration of innovation going on separately and so for example that same automotive company may have they may have been working on the new and they said you know what this new truck that we had that'd be the perfect place to launch this v8 engine or this other feature or whatever it might be and then uh for me it kind of comes um uh after usually after the marketing stuff at least uh the design and and within the design there's structural design and then there's aesthetic design uh and then maybe that innovation that you have has to be designed uh particularly for uh, this new product or the new product that's calling for an innovation and you have to design innovation from scratch. So with our lighters, uh, for example, we, we decided that Palio was deserving, as I mentioned earlier, of a, of a complete lighter line. So we started to work on that and, you know, we're smokers and we know, well, we, you know, we got to have a triple flame. We got to have a good triple flame. And we need a really solid single flame, you know, and then we need to have, uh, you know, a solid uh, double flame. So those are the sort of broader categories that we realize okay, that's what we need to do. So then we try to figure out hey, what, what price should we be at? And we said, you know, we really we want it. We want everyone to be able to have this. Uh, we want Poly to be widely distributed. Um, we already have a, a, a premium line, which is the Zycar line. So let's develop uh, a value priced line. So we, in, with having that price in mind, we started to design an engineer toward having a uh, great 999 lighter or 1499 lighter or 1999 lighter. And then you start to get to the, the details that come with being an experienced user uh, of lighters over the years and being a cigar smoker and knowing what you like and what you don't like and, and what, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, sticking my thumbnail to adjust the flame is something I hate, right? Well, mm-hmm. everybody dislikes that. So why not make it really easy and just, you know, the whole base, I can just twist the whole base, easy, effortless, right? Glides. So that's part one. Never like the really narrow, um, uh, ignition buttons that kind of just bury themselves into the bone of my thumb. I like it wide, that way it spreads out. And that way I don't have to press with a lot of force. It just mm-hmm. goes down easy. Um, and then and then the rest of it is fuel capacity. You know, I, I don't like being caught when I'm out low on fuel, right? So let's, let's build, let's build a, a lighter that has a very high capacity. And it's a transparent tank so I can always see the fuel level that I have. I just got to look at it. I don't have to hold it in any particular way. It's just really obvious. It's it's clear. So all of these details that comes with experience over many years of smoking and and having the feedback. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of consumer shows in my life where, um, you know, and, and in the accessories business, when you're doing cigar events, um, you actually get to spend a lot of time talking to people because they have a lot of questions. And so I get that feedback directly and I've always tried to incorporate. Um, and, you know, you hear things often enough, you realize it's a thing, <laughs> you know, 
and you incorporate all of that valuable information um, into the design. And that's, in the end, what you end up having is thoughtful design, design that's been thought out uh, as opposed to, um, you know, in the early days, products are like the cigars were in the early days. They're just pumped out by volume as fast as they could because, uh, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't have enough of them. The demand was so high. Uh, today, things are different. You have much better thought out products, uh, much higher quality products, much more um, reliable products. So that's why we, you know, we have the warranties that we do on both Palio and Zycar. Yeah, they're limited lifetime warranties. We fully back up these products. That's that's awesome. So um, I wanted to take this opportunity since we're already kind of talking about QI. I wanted to tack, we wanted to tack our next pairing uh, here with it. So which, uh, Jimmy, which one do you want to go with? Do you want to go with the the punch or do you want to go with the guillotine uh, pairing? Uh, let's do the punch pairing with the Turim, the double flame. Yeah, let's do this. So so first let's talk about the, obviously the cutter we're going to be using. Again, I'm going to be, I'm going to be cutting a, another uh, United Cigars uh United uh, Robusto 5x52, the same cigar that I did. And that that cigar drew incredibly well with the Palio cutter and everything. So we're going to be doing the 10 millimeter punch cutter. Um, here's the packaging, wonderful packaging. Um, and uh, I mean, really handy, Danny. Heavy duty, too. This is this is this yeah. is heavy. Um, yeah. This has got some weight to it. Um, and everything and i've always loved this kind of rose gold brass finish that you guys have done um mm -hmm. on certain uncertain zycar products so i was really pleased when when i got this um but as really nice to easy and twist and everything so why don't you talk a little bit about um uh, about some of the other finer features about it as i as i open sure. up my cigar and cut it here yeah so it yeah, as soon as you pick it up, you, you immediately notice the weight. It has actually, it's deceptively, it looks lighter than it is. When you pick it up, it feels really wonderfully uh, weighty and solid. Uh, you can put it, it has a keychain. You can carry this around in your pocket for convenience. Um, but it is a twist action, so you do twist it. And if you notice, when you hold it, uh, the areas where you put your fingers are textured, right? So you see that there's texture around the barrel and that's for grip that's to make it easy to basically just twist all right that's it, it looks decorative but it actually has a function and uh, you'll notice that you can twist it to two settings it'll lock into a a more shallow um a setting or it'll go a little bit deeper right and you can so you can select which you prefer and then one of the really unique aspects which is uh, that you'll notice is that there is a center uh, uh, centering guide, that little point in the center in between. What, so that what do you call it? Because I was going to call it a spike. What do you call it? It's a little spike. Yeah, it's a little okay. spike. But yeah, to be fancy, it's called a centering guide just to be a little bit more. If I can. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah, there you go. And uh, that just basically helps you position it before you commit to the cut. So you get it nice and centered. And then, you know, you just twist. And uh, it also tends to carry out, it'll carry out that little bit of the cap. So then when you retract the blade, the cap is there and you just toss mm -hmm. that away. That's and, clean. Um, that was super clean, super clean. Yeah. And you get a nice, you know, you get a really nice uh, clean cut. And we were talking about, you know, well, what do you use? 
a punch for, what size cigar. And I've always liked the uh, punches on smaller ring gauges because I just wanted to have that larger opening as a percentage of, of the, of, uh, of the area. Uh, and then, and, and frankly, when I've smoked a larger cigar and like sometimes, um, uh, you know, if I'm using the punch, I'll actually cut it twice or, or three times to just to open it up more because I do like it fully open, but you're able to govern that yourself. Right? It's their decision and everyone likes their own, has their own preference. Yeah, I, I was noticing how the, you said you could lock it in a shallower one. I was, I was, kept, I kept going. I didn't really realize. Yeah, you could do a, a shallower one. I should have, should have tried it with that one first, just to kind of get the full experience. But I did the the grips are something uh, a really nice touch, um, and that certainly helped a little bit as well. I think that, and I, what I've really disliked, I haven't really traditionally used punches very often, but. I did, you know, I worked retail for a time like we were talking about earlier and, uh, and, you know, a lot of times patrons would ask me to cut their cigar or I would offer to cut their cigar and kind of cut what you like. And some people would obviously have a punch. And so we had, we had a punch cutter and, you know, it'd been, it had been, it, it, it had gone a few rounds, let's just say. (laughs) And what I didn't Mm -hmm. like about it is that it's, it slipped in my hand and not just slipped in my hand, but it also, it didn't lock. So a lot of Mm. times I'd try to cut the cigar and it would just the the punch would retract back inside of the of the device and so you couldn't uh you had you a couple of tries to actually get it going before you could actually make it happen yeah and often that twisted motion would actually help it like retract which was defeating what you were trying to do exactly Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so the point of this is it's not fighting back at you right when it locks into those two positions and i do find that in some cigars i don't have to go as deep uh and um what what you'll find is that if you on some cigars you don't necessarily have to go the full uh length of the blade uh, because you've already you're basically just cutting the cap right so you don't need to cut all the way down just enough and the, the, every cigar is a little bit different but usually i find that the first setting is enough mm. well terrific i also like the nice touch too you've got the zycar name on the keychain that's a I don't know if I'll be able to show that, but that's a that's a little nice little branding touch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what is this retail for, Jimmy? So the ten millimeter punch uh, retails for sixty four ninety nine, and like all Zycar products, uh, limited lifetime warranty um, in multiple colors. And yes, one of the more popular finishes, as you mentioned, is this copper brass, uh, uh, copper almost rose gold looking color. Uh, really, really popular. We have it in a number of our of our of our uh, models, and obviously the gunmetal and and chrome and black, the usual uh, masculine colors, right? Yeah. So the um, so the the lighter that we're going to be using is the uh, Turum uh, lighter. It's a double flame. So I'm going to go ahead and open. I've got it right here. I'm going to go ahead and open her up, and. Uh, Again, this is a this is a rather large box. So this is a this is I know this yeah. is going to be a quite hefty piece here. Yeah. Um, so this is the Turum, uh, and uh, it's all, it's actually full name is the Turum five by sixty four because it is literally five like a five by sixty four cigar. That's the actual dimensions of it. Yeah. So I got the same exact one, and um, you know it's. One of the ideas behind it is that it'll fit 
nicely with your cigars in a travel case. You know, uh, side Holy by side cow. with the cigars. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of folks, you know, you go to a, a backdoor barbecue or, or you or you go golf and they'll bring their cigar case. And this fits really, uh, really well in that travel case. Um, it's got a nice fuel capacity. You can tell by its size. And again, on the bottom, you know, you have the full bottom rotates for you to adjust and actually in this system it's ratcheted so yeah, i heard the hear i heard click. the click you can hear it clicking yeah right in each position uh you know fuel window so you can see how much fuel you have in there and it's a real easy you know you just press the top cap and uh you know to get your to get your light so let me turn this up Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and demonstrate the flame for it. So it's a double flame, and this is this is an example of what we were talking about earlier. But there, there's a handy part of it. So I was talking about how the Palio has the trigger below the flame, which protects your hand. But even as I've kind of let this go a little bit, I'm touching the top, and it's it's warm, but it's not hot. And but yeah. even but you're still protected. You're still protected when you when you trigger it back because it rocks back yeah. and, and you're still away from the flame, which is nice. Yeah, you, your finger moves away from the flame. Exactly. And then also there is there is some insulation there with the metal to uh, contain uh, heat within the within the burner chamber. And again, you'll see that at the top uh, there is that texture for grip. So, you not your thumb is not sliding off oh. the cap. So all these little details. This also comes in a single flame version. And uh, yeah, so the Turm, this Turm here that we have here, this is a 9499 double flame um, with the ratcheted uh, fuel adjuster wheel and uh, really nice piece. And like I said, it, it, it was made for you to travel with in your uh, Zycar travel case. Wow. Uh, it's, that's beautiful. Uh, I didn't. It's these little things that you talk about that were kind of like, you know, like, oh, like, oh, they're like almost like aha moments. Like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yeah. Um, and the fact that you even name it a five by 54, like it's almost like a, it's a Robusto Grande. You can even hold it, hold, even hold it like a cigar. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, virtually, it's virtually identical. I mean, this is a five by 52 cigar. I mean, you, I mean, it's, yep. It's a little bit larger on the gauge, same length. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, so we were talking a little bit about how like you, you've had the opportunity to like, you've done a lot of shows, you've done a lot of events where you get a lot of this information firsthand. I have to imagine like, cause I've been to a number of cigar events and, and people are never, people are never short on feedback when they give things, but you know, I think the biggest difference between the accessories world and the cigar world in, in essence is there well there's subjectivity in both right there's obviously preferences and you've you've created products for different preferences which is nice um but the feedback a little bit is a little bit more you know on an individual product like hey on a double flame it would be nice if x happened or z like that's that subjectivity is a little i guess it's a little less um uh, I mean, I guess it's a little bit more helpful, you know, uh, if I, you know, if I went up to, 
you know, a cigar blender. And I was like, you know, you probably could use a little bit more Lajero in that blend. I mean, it's probably, <laughs> probably not going to go over so well. Um, but if I, you know, if I said to you like, Hey, you know, I would really like it if, if my lighter had, you know, my finger wasn't so darn close to the flame or something like that. You know, obviously that's feedback that you guys have taken and, 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 and ran with on, at least on these two products too. So I think it's, it's really great. The idea of putting this in the humidor, where did that come? That's brilliant. Where did that come from? Uh, you know, it, it wasn't my idea, but yeah, it was basically an idea of utility, right? So, um, the Zycar travel cases are, you know, they're almost ubiquitous, right? You see them everywhere. Um, I mean, I remember all of my friends in New York city when I would attend, you know, a party, a cigar event that people would have in their backyard, I'd see them all over and it just became, um, um, so the idea came from just, you know, finding how do I make this more useful? And, you know, some lighters are just, they don't, they just don't fit as well in the case as it is. Or they um, rattle around, they damage cigars too. Yeah, exactly. So the shape doesn't lend itself well, because you probably land up losing, instead of losing one position uh, for a cigar, you'll, you'll end up losing two. So this this made you know traveling with cigars more efficient. That's really the idea behind it. Unbelievable! And the, the draw out of this. And, uh, go go ahead, please, Jimmy. Go ahead. I, we'll talk. No, about I was going to say, and you're absolutely right. The feedback we get is very practical, right? It's very practical, um, it, it, and it isn't a lot of these. Even though someone may feel it's too close to my thumb or, or whatever it is, that's actually pretty practical. That's not subjective, you know. Um, so we do get a lot of practical feedback and that is, you know, it's very valuable and we look for it uh, from, you know, many, many sources. I'm uh, just grabbing a beverage to my left here. So I'm a little out of frame, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the draw of this cigar with this punch. Um, first of all, unbelievable. Um, we were talking a little bit about before the show, again, just to reference back to both you and I prefer a guillotine cut because again, more surface area. We like more draw. We like more smoke as much as possible. And that's always been my complaint about the punch is that it's a tiny hole, even on smaller cigars, to your point, I like to punch smaller cigars too, if I'm going to utilize a punch is that, you know, it just after a while, it just clogged up with tar and there, but even in the very beginning, it was a, it was a different smoke, different smoking experience, which isn't a bad thing. Again, it's subjective, right? Some people like that. Uh, but for me, it just never, it never hit. So this, this, obviously this product, the 10 millimeter, uh, the 10 millimeter uh, punch cutter gives a guillotine like draw. Cause that's what I'm getting. Uh, with a punch cut, which is really, really uh, very refreshing, I'll just go ahead and say, uh, from from a punch experience. So, um, so I'm in, I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying the draw when I'm getting this cut. This is this is sensational. Yeah, same. And again, that's where you know, as far as the uh, percentage of the of the cap that's open, that's where a ten millimeter would come in really handy versus something like a seven or a nine. Uh, you know, one, two millimeters does make actually a big difference and it's noticeable uh, when you cut it. And yeah, it'll reduce the amount of tar buildup toward the end of the cigar, right? You don't get as much of that. 
Is that so? I was going to ask since we were talking about feedback, was that something that you heard a lot of? Because I have to imagine, like the amount of people that I that do that I know that do like a punch cut, don't really talk about that. They don't either care. They don't seem to care about the tar backup. They don't seem to notice. Um, well, it, I think that if they're if they're punching all the time, then my presumption is that that's something that they're used to and they feel that that, you know, they may attribute to the, to a characteristic of the cigar itself that it, it gets that uh, toward the end. But the, the size of it, its primary function is, is to deal with larger ring gauge cigars. That's, that's its primary uh, function uh, so that you have a, a good draw uh, on these larger cigars. Uh, so that's why, you know, you can see the size of all cutters uh, grow. Uh, and the same thing with punches. When the traditional punch back in the day was a six, seven millimeter, and really today you need like a ten. Yeah. So, so go, if you like big rig cigar, you want to do a, you want to do a punch. You want to, you want to do the ten millimeter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, this is this is a really great experience. Um, I'm still I'm I'm staring at my my cigar in the ashtray. I'm still mesmerized by the Palio V cut. That 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 cuts incredible. <laughs> Vietnam V Cut fans are joining us late. The Palio V Cut, you got to go to get out and get yourself one. It's incredibly deep, and it'll, it's unlike any other V Cut you've ever had. I promise you, uh, it, it'll change it'll change your life if you're a V Cut smoker. Um, the uh, to to go back to your to your journey with it. So, like again, you spent 20 plus years at Calibri. You made the side the decision to move over to quality importers. Um, was it? Um, I was looking at your titles. I mean, there was it was it kind of a lateral move because it was like a VP of something, then a VP of something, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Or was it was there something about um the opportunity? Because I have to imagine the sheer amount of products that we're just talking about tonight is literally scratching the surface of what QI does. Was it just sure. that oh, was yeah. it was that was that kind of like a a huge attractor for you when you decided to make the uh, to make the move? Um, yeah, I mean, I had a, a, a really good run, uh, at Calibri, um, and I finally got, you know, uh, in a place in my, my time there where I was designing products. Um, I think the first cutter I designed there was the Calibri V cutter. Um, and that, you know, did really well. And then I started to, um, you know, look for other things, you know, to add to that line. And eventually, um, uh, when, and I, you know, and I always knew about Zycar, right. That was my biggest competitor. So I knew, uh, I was really, you know, I intimately knew everything that, um, uh, Kurt and Scott were doing and was, uh, was really a fan of a lot of what they did. And, uh, they were, uh, you know, building a nice brand, um, and as my competitor. And when, um, Mike went, created Mike Giordano created the deal and they uh and quality importers absorbed Zycar. I got a call um and to ask if if, if if I would be interested in exploring opportunities and met them at uh, I met Mike at the PCA show and learned more about I of course I had known that Zy uh quality importers had purchased Zycar. I had known that they uh, owned the cigar caddy line and the polio line. And I, when I met, met Mike, I learned much 
all the rest that the, that, that the company was doing, including the humidors. And it just seemed like uh, a really interesting one. It seemed like a really larger opportunity because of all of the categories. Because mm-hmm. I had really been focused on only lighters and cutters. Really, really just that. I had done one humidor uh, at the other company. So the opportunity to work on more products was interesting. And then really the opportunity to work with the team was very interesting. Uh, the opportunity to work with like-minded cigar smokers was very, very interesting. So it just seemed like, it didn't seem like a lateral move at all. It seemed like a, a couple of steps up uh, with, uh, with uh, as Mike would like to call it uh, often, uh, you know, a 20-year startup um, <laughs> because uh, the company had considerably, you know, uh, grown with that acquisition and had done many acquisitions prior. You know, Mike had, has, you know, maybe done, almost an acquisition a year since he started the company. I love the story of quality importers. That made it very exciting to me. Uh, The fact that Mike started in his parents' living room, literally the business, and then eventually moved to Florida with a partner and and grew uh, the company to what it is today, which is really the largest cigar accessory company, certainly in North America and probably the world, um, with many brands, known brands, um, and with uh, many product categories and uh, a, a new and growing team. It was, it, it just seemed really, really exciting to me. Um, and um, I also thought that being, uh, you know, the previous company was kind of small, but I thought I figured working with more people would also be fun. And, and also challenging. So uh, there were a lot of reasons that attracted me and, um, and a lot of opportunities. Um, so uh, it was something that uh, didn't take long to, to, to make the decision. It was a drastic decision. I mean, 21 years in doing in one place is, is quite a long time. But um, and then there was the move, you know, moving from New York to South Florida uh, was an interesting thing. So like I said, I, I've always thought about constantly moving, going to other places. So this was another adventure uh, as well. And I liked the energy that I felt, you know, the energy that I felt with, you know, Mike and, and now with Alex and and the other folks that I work with. Uh, I liked the high energy. The uh, um, uh, It just seemed like a very dynamic uh, work environment. So. Do you miss the winners? The attraction. No, the winters <laughs> were something that was... Uh, Literally, uh, my biggest complaint about living in the Northeast and living in, especially living in New York. I love New York, but you know, I I smoke outdoors. Uh, I I really only like to smoke outdoors. I will smoke indoors, but I prefer to smoke outdoors. So I'd be smoking in the winter and dying, dying in you know wind yeah. tunnel freezing weather. And eventually, I did start to uh, in my later years there. I did start to smoke in, and I, I you know I'd frequent. Nat Sherman townhouse a lot. I'd hit all of the Davidoff shops to smoke a lot. Uh, and then the various clubs like Club, Club Macanudo or, or, and I would do that every single day um, because it was just, it was just too cold to smoke. Just too cold. But, <laughs> so yeah, that helps a lot. And of course my cigar, uh, uh, ha, uh, my, my tendency to smoke cigars, uh, my frequency with smoking increased with the warm weather. 
That's not a bad thing. <laughs> just the opportunity. <laughs> just the opportunity. More more product testing, you know. Exactly. You know what I mean, more product testing. That's the way, the way we do it. Um. Well, also the the with talking about Zycar. Okay, so the acquisition happened prior to your joining the the company and everything. And, and and that was obviously, like you said, a big attractor that specifically, but also the broad sense of product. Um, but the uh, from you're, you're in a unique position, right? Because you didn't have the opportunity to, to be a part of the company prior to the car acquisition, but you've obviously seen what it's done for the company as you've been there. How is it? How has it impacted? Because again, we're talking about a slew of products that. You know, for all intents and purposes, if someone's just like looking at quality importers, Zycar might get kind of, I mean, you, you guys do a great job of featuring it, but it might kind of get buried a little bit along with everything else equally. So, I mean, how has it impacted? I mean, because from my sense, I have my own opinion, but I'm just e- eager to hear yours and I'll certainly share mine with you. How has it impacted the the, the performance of, of, of quality importers? Well, the, the you know the key thing is to have well-defined brands, right? That's key. Uh, otherwise, um, everything is sort of you don't know how to define it. So we've already started to talk earlier today about how we define these brands, right? We say Palio lives within a certain price range and it has a certain uh, it does have a certain aesthetic. Um, and our and our new Palio Pro line has a, a layer. Uh, in the in the in the scheme of prices where it lives and Zycar has it so Zycar is a premium brand uh and the price points are you know fifty dollars and above so it lives there and with that there are certain expectations on materials and design and performance and all that and then uh and so as long as the as long as your brands are well defined then having the collection and being a brand house um is is not is not an issue and the same thing with our humidor line we have the humidor supreme line and we're defining it now and you know for many many years uh our we you know we've produced many humidors um and i own several they of them <laughs> right thank you <laughs> but they weren't necessarily branded so what we decided to do was brand them so that people recognize it they they they'll they'll become aware of the brand and hopefully eventually become loyal to the brand and understand what it means to have a humidor supreme humidor. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, speaking of, of, of the transition, you know, that's one of the things that I also um, was keen on was learning about these other categories that I didn't know about. I had designed one humidor, but I, I wasn't really, I didn't really was, I wasn't an expert on humidors. Mike is. And so that was an opportunity to learn all about humidors along with Danilo. I, I, you know, I had the opportunity to ask a lot of questions and learn about what makes a humidor a humidor. What is a good humidor versus a not so good humidor? What are the key features that it, what are the must haves? So all of these questions, so that when I design the humidor, I am incorporating these things. So learning was one of another, another key attraction to come in here. But uh, the humidor supreme line, we're developing it. Um, you know, we launched a series of furniture pieces. It's one of our specialties. Mm-hmm. And we design furniture pieces, not only for stores, uh, but these commercial humidors are excellent for the collector, the big collector for their homes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had friends in, in, in New York that had, you know, cigar collections that are 
tens of thousands of dollars. And, uh, and they, they keep it in various ways. But I found a lot of them had uh, what we call a Humpty Thousand, uh, our tower humidor in their home. So collectors do buy these, you know, more larger pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so being the go-to and the expert in that kind of product is very important to us. Uh, educating people on the proper way to buy, you know, buy for your needs and buy for the future, uh, for your future collection as you grow a collection. Um, so having well-defined brands is is very, very important. And that allows consumers, it allows retailers, and allows us to understand how and where these different brands and their products live in the broader market. I, so it's been a benefit to have them all. And they and, and, and essentially what, what ends up happening is you end up with that, you know, it's a cliche term, but you the sum is greater than the equal of the parts. No, I tend to agree because if you're if you're like if looking at this from a business point of view, if I'm a retailer, um I I can be a quality importer's customer and I don't have to go to another outside company to appeal to my customer base like dude like we're talking about with lighters like specifically right i the palio the palio lighter satisfies my my budget customer the zycar satisfies my my customer who's looking for something a little bit more luxurious uh, and uh you know what's something a little bit fancier and everything and and what i really like about it which we were talking about with the palio pieces in, in addition to the zycar both are quality products both are quality sure. products, and but you can tell, like you can tell the, you can tell exactly why the Palio lighter is nine ninety nine as opposed to the term, which is you know sixty five dollars. I mean that's it, it's obvious to the eye, and then also the material yeah. and everything like that. But but again, it what I've what I what I found it really tremendous, and this is long before our conversation today, Jimmy. But I mean, what I've really loved about what you guys have done there is you've put together quality pieces not to be too punny but you guys have put together quality pieces that make sense in those particular markets that you're talking about and to, to the humidor piece too um i think the furniture piece that you guys have added onto it i'm i'm literally have a countdown to when you guys finally re- release the baltazar too because i that is a <laughs> that is a piece that i am i am i am absolutely going to buy it is an extraordinary piece um, and I'm I'm so excited that you that it's going to get released finally, and we're going to get to see it because I'm 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 I was blown away by it. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's a beautiful piece. I'm also looking forward to having one myself. Uh, and I, I'm glad you brought up that the, the retailer aspect, and it's very true. And, and even inside, we we you know we we understand that we're essentially a one stop shop for the retailer. They can get. Uh, basically all of their needs on the accessory side from us, not only the product, the product categories, but all of the price ranges and the brands. And uh, that obviously that is a, a strong point about what quality offer uh, quality importers has to offer. Um, and I would also say that it's not necessarily where you are a particular store only wants a particular price level. For sure, there are retailers uh, based on maybe based on the cigars that they sell or maybe based on where they are. They focus on maybe uh, price ranges that are in the the lower end of the spectrum. But in my experience, um, the higher end retailers with uh, the 
bigger, more premium brand cigars, they actually buy the full range because they have every one of those customers. And then I would also say on the consumer side, from my experience in meeting thousands of them, most of them buy every single price range. So Mm -hmm. for example, you know, you have um, cigar guys, you know, uh, who they buy a range of cigars. You know, they'll buy, they might buy the, you know, the higher end Padron sometimes or Fuente yeah. or Davidoff. They also smoke the boutique stuff and they probably throw in some more of, you know, maybe the, the, the uh, more widely value price. Yeah. Price. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. And valuable rates as well. Bundles and sure. And they, and they may do that for themselves. And certainly they may buy, buy bundle brands for or value brands for their friends when they're passing out cigars. They may not pass out the most expensive cigar to the, to their friends who smoke one cigar a summer, right? Thousand percent. But I just, and the same <laughs> Guilty. Thing, and then the same thing happens with accessories. So I just said, look, I, I like the nicest stuff, right? I do. But I certainly have polios everywhere because it's super convenient to. And I'm not afraid of losing them. Uh, I'm not afraid of, you know, uh, leaving them behind. Um, so I have polios in the car. I have it out here in the elements. Right. Um, if one falls in the pool I, behind you, it's like not the end of the world, right? You know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think a lot of guys do that. So they'll have it. Maybe they'll have it in their golf bag or they'll have it in their gym bag or their tackle box or wherever. They'll have, you know, these lightweight, high capacity lighters. But at home. Uh, you know, they'll have a wide range. I remember doing uh, surveys of you know, thousands of, of cigar smokers. And these were, these were, you know, heavier users because they attended cigar events. And um, I would ask in the survey, you know, how big was their lighter collection? And the average number was six. So the average attendee. I was going to get seven. Shows, so <laughs> yeah, they had about six lighters. Um, and when I, and I also asked the brands that they've carried and I would see that because I, I had the data, I had to compile the data. I would see that the same person who had maybe, you know, a very high end, you know, Flint lighter for a thousand dollars for certain had value pieces as well and had all the premium prices in the middle, like a Zycar, uh, in, in the mix. So that same one customer buys the full range. And I believe they do that with, with everything. And they do that with humidors because they'll probably have multiple humidors so the guy who has (laughs) the guy who has the uh tower for sure he has either a cigar caddy or a sidecar travel case right there there's a use for all of these different uh, well we find uses for all of these different uh uh tools well going back to like the larger pieces like the tower humidors and the larger capacity ones that you're talking about those might find a place in not only in, 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 in on the individual consumer level, but they're obviously being used in retail shops too. And what a great what a great partnership that is, because not only is the product in use, but and I certainly hope retailers are taking note of this as we're talking about this, because this is a great sales opportunity for anyone who comes in and says, "Hey, I keep buying cigars," or for your larger customers that buy a lot. Hey, how would you like to have this humidor that I have here in my shop? Exactly. And you, exactly. can, you, you can have it because I can sell it to you and they can buy it from you. And it's, it, you know, I mean, it's a, I mean, and, what a great opportunity for them. And we'll even, we'll even drop ship it for them. 
So if a retailer oh, has it okay. in their shop and, you know, you have someone who comes in, man, I'd really love to have, you know, I really have to have one of these in my house. We can make that happen. And we do that all the time. Yeah, that is a that is a, a, a an everyday part of our business for sure. Before we go into a couple of our fun segments that I have for my show, um, I wanted to touch on one last piece a little bit more. It, it mixes a little business and personal. Again, we've talked on some of the, you, you've, you've designed a lot of these products that we've talked about tonight and the numerous ones that probably haven't mentioned. I mean, um, you know, the, one of the cool things I'd love about quality importers is you guys are doing this, the swag bunker where you're able to, you know, put, you know, marketing from other companies um, whether they be cigar companies or retailers or whoever or whatever on these products that you've designed. I, I'm interested to hear your, your, your feeling on that. Like when I, it's gotta be an interesting source of pride for you, right? When someone says, I love this lighter that you designed or this cutter that you designed so much, I want to put my logo on it. That's gotta be, that's gotta be a really unique experience for you. Um, it's, 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 it's good. I, I mean, I do, you know, when, when we launch a new product um, as, as a designer, honestly, the biggest feeling I normally get, and I'm often asked that question, but when a, a product um, launches and it's well-received, for me, it's a sense of first relief, you know, because I do get nervous about it. But what I really like is not necessarily that someone comments on the design, I really like that the formula that I mentioned earlier worked, right? That we were we were correct and decided what kind of uh, instrument to make, that we made it for the right price, that we had the right level of innovation and we had the right features in it. And then in the end, it also had a, a really you know cool or attractive or innovative design to it. So the, the whole formula is what I take pride in and, and um, and that I appreciate uh, when, you know, when, when products launch, but I'm glad you asked about the swag bunker because it's one of those things that I was, I uh, was thinking about earlier when you asked me like, well, you've been there, uh, you had, you know, 25 year uh, uh, span of your career. One of the things that I've noticed that has changed quite a bit has been the, the way cigars are marketed. And I do remember very, very early on, late 90s, early 2000s, that there weren't many truly marketing companies in the cigar world. The, the one that stood out to me at the time was CAO. When you saw CAO's ads, it looked different. There was a personality to it. There was, um, uh, it, it looked younger. It wasn't necessarily talking about the wrapper binder filler they were selling a lifestyle. They were talking about a lifestyle. And that is actually authentic. That is part of the cigar world. And then, uh, you know, and later on, uh, other brands started to take note. And there are some amazing marketing companies now in the cigar world that do a great job of communicating their, their products and their brands um, to not only the retail audience, the retailers, but also end users, consumers. And um, one of the things that the cigar business has, um, the people who market cigars, one of the things that I've noticed uh, that has changed has been the use of products to communicate brand awareness and to communicate brand loyalty. 
And it's something that has been done forever by much larger marketing companies, whether they're a beer company or, I mean, I remember very, when I was very young, Marlboro would put together swag for you if you were a Mm -hmm. customer and you would get a hat and you would get all sorts of these, you know, um, uh, products that were not necessarily, you know, not even necessarily related to uh, the, the product they were selling. And they would use that because they either had to do two things. They had to, companies were either making you be aware of their brand because you weren't aware of it, or they were making you not forget it. That's why, you know, you see as many McDonald's commercials as you do. They don't want you to forget that they mm-hmm. exist because they have lots of competition that is constantly talking to you also. So everyone needs to remind you that they are here. They are, and, 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 and if they're a new brand, even more so, build brand awareness. And so that has become a major part of not only the cigar brands um, marketing strategy, but also even retailers. So with, with, with the Swag Bunker, uh, it has some major advantages. It has access to all of our brands, all of our products and, and, and product categories, and all of our inventory. And where only larger players in the marketing world, larger cigar companies who could go to a factory and say, look, you know, I want to promote my brand. Um, I want to make a cutter and I want to put my logo on the cutter. If they would go to a factory, they need to spend many thousands and purchase many, many thousands of items to do that. Uh, And of course they did. And the benefit would be that if they were introduced a new cigar, uh, you know, maybe they would package it with a cutter, with a logo on it. And that cutter, because why would they do this? Well, that cutter has a longer life than that cigar, because that cigar is going to be smoked. thousand percent, yeah. And the, and the band is probably going to be tossed. So now you, we're relying on, as a cigar marketer, you're relying on the person's memory to remember that one cigar that they tried uh, from you. But if they have it on the cutter, that they're going to have for probably years that message. Hey, this new cigar brand or this new cigar uh, uh, blend exists. That will constantly communicate to them. They will constantly be reminded of that and that will help them build brand awareness. Also the, the item will probably be shared and be exposed to other people. And when the, their friends use that cutter or that line, they say, what is, what is this brand? What is that? And that's an opportunity for that person who did smoke the cigar mm-hmm. to communicate. Um, so now with what we offer, access to our inventory, access to our brands and products, we can do that on a large scale. So if, if, a, if a company needs thousands, we can handle that. Or if a company needs, you know, maybe it's a cigar shop and they're going to have, maybe they just are dabbling and having events and they haven't done events before. Uh, and they want to promote it. And maybe they have a house blend that they want to promote or they just want to promote the store itself. Uh, they can they can contact us and we can put together uh, a list of options for them in their price range, whatever they want to spend. Uh, and we can work with them on their logo. And some, some folks don't even have an official logo and we can build one for them. And then we can apply it onto the onto a product 
at different price levels, whatever their budget, you know, whatever they're thinking. And they will have a promotional piece that has a long shelf life. Uh, same thing with new cigar companies. They have, you know, the cigar world has a lot of new. Every year, there's a handful of new cigar companies. And they need to build brand awareness. And what better way uh, to do that with, you know, something that has long life that will remain with the person after they smoke that first trial cigar. The other thing is that accessories are actually used to um, entice you for trials, right? So we've seen, you can go to any of the, the larger uh, cigar sellers and you'll see that they will use accessories to get you to try, oh, try a five pack of this. Or if you buy a box, and that's enticing them to buy. You know, I was once a singles buyer only, and I became a box buyer, and it worked with me. And I'm, and I'm, you know, kind of in the business. And I got, uh, you know, I could have bought this box of cigars from this person, but they're giving away a free ashtray with the same box. Oh, I'll, why not? I'll grab that one. So it's also used to to sell, you know, sell cigars to, you know, as a as a promotional item. Mm-hmm. Whether it's logoed or not. So, but yeah, Swag Bunker is really uh, a very helpful tool um, to first build awareness if that's your if that's your strategy, or if you're in the loyalty strategy and you have a, a mature brand, um, then loyalty is still a very important a very important part of the strategy because all of your competitors are also communicating that they are there. So, uh, building some uh, loyalty and reminding people that you're there. And then and, and, and offering them uh, a nice, you know, a custom customized piece, which for a lot of brands, they become collector's items. Right. There's a lot of brands. There's some brands that produce, you know, um, every year that produce a new with new artwork and they end up becoming collector's items. And you see them being resold and purchased on eBay and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, and the reverse works, too. Right. Like you said. So, like, uh, you use the example of a cutter like. You know, I'm using a cutter and I see the brand on there that I'm not smoking that cigar, but it entices me, it entices me the, the borrower of said cutter to be like to ask about that brand. Right. But it also works in the sense of like, ooh, I really like this cutter. Um, well, they don't make those any like the, the you know, they don't make those anymore. They make them without the branding or whatever. You know, like I can go to my sh- I can go to like I can take a picture or whatever. I go to my local shop and say, hey, I know you probably don't have this. Oh. I'm going to pull a brand United lighter anymore. Uh, but my, my buddy said, you got to hear, well, I don't have that lighter, but I have, I, I don't have the United lighter, but I have the lighter since you like yeah. the lighter so much, you like the cutter so much. We have that. So uh, the reverse works for you guys too. So like it works for the cigar company. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's a great partnership uh, for the retail. I mean, the, I mean, that's a, that's a triune, right? I mean, we're talking about the cigar company, the accessories company, and the retailer right. all working together with just this swag bunker idea. I think it's, I think it's, it's awesome. It's fantastic. Certainly there's a representation with that. Of course, you know, with, at the same time, uh, we are enjoying the exposure to, of our products to, you know, potentially new fans uh, uh, and, and, and getting them to try our products as well. And, you know, and the, I would say that one last sort of smaller element is that it, there are people, you know, are fans of certain brands and they like to represent. No different from wearing your sports cap that you like to represent, your sports cap that you're wearing there. Um, you know, if I'm a fan of United Cigars, 
you know, I probably would have liked to carry, a, you know, a United Cigars branded lighter or cutter because I'm a fan of them and I want to represent. And that's yeah. that's also a, a small part of it. Definitely. Uh, Ernest Sharp's in the chat, though, by the way, he did say he only has four lighters. And so he's going to show this interview to his wife so that he can buy two more and have a firm. firm <laughs> on it. So so he appreciates your research. Um Right, Jimmy, we're going to go into a couple of our fun segments, and then we're going to go into some of the more recent products and our third pairing for the night as well. Uh, so I have, uh, I, we do have a United Cigar, uh, United segment here. This is our presidential trivia segment. Don't worry, it's multiple choice, uh, but this is just for fun. Um, but I made it a, a little bit of a theme. So that little bit of a hint is where you hail from. So just keep that in mind. Uh, when I ask the question, of course, the United Presidential Trivia segment is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Gian Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabay Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. So, Jimmy, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were two of only four sitting vice presidents to win the presidential election and become the president while they were sitting vice presidents, uh, which, and uh, there was only one in the 20th century. Which 20th century sitting vice president won the White House? Okay, was it Harry Truman? B, George H.W. Bush? C, Richard Nixon? Or D, Calvin Coolidge. Now, some of these are were vice presidents, but they didn't necessarily win an election. There's another hint for you. So John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were two of the only four sitting vice presidents to win the White House while they were sitting vice presidents. Which 20th century VP won an election to be president? A, Harry Truman. B, George H.W. Bush. C, Richard Nixon. Or D, Calvin Coolidge. Well, I, I that may have been the first election I voted in, so I'm pretty sure that was George Bush. That is correct. That is correct. Fantastic. Yes, there was a the hint was obviously Massachusetts. So you uh, both John Adams and H. W. Bush were both from your your home state of Massachusetts, born, born. Uh, so. Yeah, because I think he claimed Texas later, right? Yeah, well, uh, definitely his, his son definitely did, even though his son was born yeah. in Connecticut too. So that's the, that's <sighs> the, there were only two. Two presidents that are actually born in Texas, uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson and uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Uh, so um, Eisenhower actually hailed, actually claimed Kansas too for for a time. But uh, but yeah, he was actually born in Texas. But yeah, um, so they were they were um, all the presidents because I know you're from like you mentioned you're from Falmouth and you know you attended UMass Dartmouth and that's obviously on the coast and everything. Bus is not too far from where you grew up, though. It was what, like a forty-five minute drive up the road, an hour max. Yeah, it's about yeah, somewhere between forty-five and an hour. And uh, but you know, um, it seemed far away than that. Uh, Boston to me was a, a far away city when I when I was growing up. Providence, Rhode Island, was much closer. So I I um, would tend to visit. Providence more than I did Boston, though I did end up living in Boston for a little while. But yeah, um, Boston is very centric, you know. And if you're not like within the border, like they they basically you're basically ignored. And if you're from Western Massachusetts, forget it. You might as well be in Canada. That's how <laughs> Boston, you know, sees the world. 
Well, it, it's funny, like, because, you know, George H.W. was born in Milton. And, you know, uh, of course, the Adams family, John Adams and his son, John Quincy, were from Braintree. The Kennedys were from Frontline, which they're they're all Boston suburbs, essentially. Um, but yeah, I was I was just thinking about that. Like, well, it's not too far from from where you are, but yeah, I I, I totally agree because uh, my you know I've got a couple of uncles that actually like I have an uncle who still lives in Chestnut Hill, and you know I have another uncle that lives in Springfield, and that's they're not they're not the same place, <laughs> not no. even close, not even no. close. So. Um, but that that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the, so it was the first presidential election that you voted in, huh? I think so. If my memory is right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, uh, uh, 88, right. Yeah. Did, I mean, did it even like, it, again, I'm asking you, I know you've slept since then, but like, yeah. was it, was it cool having someone in the election that was from your home state? Like, did, or did that even matter? I, at did, the I did not. So I, I did not associate George Bush with Massachusetts at all. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, you know, when he campaigned, he, he, he did claim Texas. So even yeah. though he just, I think he just had a condo in Houston or something like that. Uh, I remember uh, pundits talking about, uh, but no, uh, I don't think anyone in Massachusetts um, um, considered him from Massachusetts. And also he had, Kenny Buckport is in Maine and that was his, you know, he, he would, visit there in his off time so i never associated him with massachusetts so i certainly don't claim him well i'm sure uh, i'm sure reagan wanted him associated with texas as much as possible too because that's what helped him help him on the tickets well yeah <laughs> he they, probably yeah, didn't want there no. are more if you could just not mention that you're from Bo- uh, you're from boston that'd be great <laughs> don't say that once during campaign speeches if you're one exactly. you know if you can put a southern drawl on your you know on your accent a little bit so rather t- <laughs> uh-huh. um but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it. Massachusetts has always has always been like really near and dear to my heart. I love that state. Um, it's absolutely. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I think it has some you know some real hidden gems. I think the city of Boston is really is really fascinating. Obviously, but um, you said you lived there for a time. I lived in Quincy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I lived in Quincy, which is you can see Boston out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there for about two years uh, early on. Uh, when I started to work at Calibri, actually, which was based in Providence, Rhode Island. And then I eventually moved to Providence, Rhode Island. I lived uh, uh, really on the campus of Brown, Brown University. Oh, wow. What took you to New York? I mean, obviously, you were still with Calibri at the time, but what took you, what what, what, what caused the move up there? Uh, so Calibri was started in 1970 by an entrepreneur. And he retired in 2006 and sold the company. Uh, the company was sold to a private equity firm. And as is often the case, uh, the private equity firm kind of uh, ran the company into the ground and went into bankruptcy. And uh, the parts of that company were auctioned off. So the cigar accessories portion um, was two brands, Calibri and Firebird, they were purchased by a family that was headquartered in Europe and in New York City. So when they purchased it, uh, I started to work with them and I was traveling to New York every Monday and coming back every Friday. And then eventually they asked me to move there and I did. And that's what brought me to New York. Awesome. 
Well, that was our presidential trivia segment uh, brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Out of Bay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. Now, Jimmy, I do want to apologize for this next segment. Normally, um, I know we had a little bit of a... Uh, of a push in terms of some logistical stuff. And normally I ask my guests for this, uh, but something did come up in my personal life. So if you'll bear with me for just a couple of minutes, I do want to share with my audience. Normally this time I, I uh, we feature my guests charity or nonprofit of their choice. Uh, and I will certainly make this up to you on a future date. We'll definitely have you back and you can spotlight a charity or nonprofit of your choosing. But, uh, but I did have something come up in my personal life, unfortunately, where um Someone very close to me who I, I hold very dear to my, I consider him a, a, a very good friend, uh, did lose someone very special to him this week. Uh, it was very tragic, um, very sudden and, 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 and just devastating uh, for, for, to, uh, you know, for lack of any other better words for it. And uh, my heart and prayers certainly go out to him and uh, his family. Um, but in, in light of it, um, I would like to spotlight the Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance uh, they do incredible work when it comes to ovarian cancer. Uh, ovarian cancer, unfortunately, is one of those things, uh, particularly, obviously, obviously with women, but it tends to metastasize quite a bit and can spread uh, to and do do dev, you know unfortunate devastation to other organs, and it can spread really quickly, obviously. And and uh, it's something that a lot of people need to learn a little bit more about, learn a lot more about, and. Um, and uh, I would like to spotlight this charity. So if 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 anyone feels so called, um, I'm put, go ahead and put this in the chat, and then I'll also drop it in the show notes later. Uh, feel free to donate to the organization or just learn more about uh, this uh, this devastating cancer that affects quite a bit of people. So um, again, my heart goes out to my friend, his family, um, and um, and uh, I appreciate you, Jimmy, for hanging with me there. So it's uh, condolences, my condolences, yeah. Um, and, uh, but, uh, we are going to get onto our, our next pairing and some of the more recent projects from quality importers. I dropped my phone. I, <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm really excited about this particular pairing. So this will be pretty exciting. Uh, this is our last pairing of the night, which is, uh, the XI one titanium cutter from Zycar. Uh, that we'll be pairing it with the Meridian uh, lighter, which is a soft flame, but it's a triple flame soft flame. So let's talk about this cutter first. I'm going to go ahead and open her up. And uh, th I mean, this is a, this is one of the I mean, it's the classic Zycar look, but this is this this is this has got some panache to it. Yeah, this is the classic X die. This is the this is what Zycar. Uh, this is what made Zycar Zycar. This was the first product. Um, that Kurt and Scott developed. Uh, it's the first innovative product that they created and uh, it has stood the test of time. It is a classic piece so much so that the US government uh, awarded the XI trade dress. So this, like the Coke bottle shape, this teardrop shaped cutter is a actually government protected design. And I think what's so remarkable about it is that even today, um, it's one of the most innovative pieces in our entire portfolio. I think what strikes me about it is its simplicity. And I think that's why it works so well. Um, there are, uh, uh, you know, even within it, it's, it's one of the first 
you know, trigger-released spring-loaded blade cutters on the, to hit the market. Uh, even its ring gauge still is appropriate today, even though it was set 20 plus years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and this is the XI-1. So XI, the XI cutter comes in three variations. There's an XI-1, two, and three. So the XI-1 is an all aluminum body. So it's an all metal body. Um, and the finishes are applied through anodization. So you get a very saturated, rich color. This color we call titanium because it has a, a slight, it has a slight blue to it. But it's sort of like a, you know, it's kind of like gunmetal, but with a blue hue to it. And um, uh, it, there are, like I said, three variations. There's the XI2, which is the fire blast composite, which gives us the ability to provide this product, same cut, uh, same quality, but at a lower price point. And also we have the XI3, where we can have a little bit more fun. Uh, it is a, uh, a stainless steel body even heavier than this piece. And that's we, in there, it's a premium piece. So we'll, we'll put more exotic materials like woods on the handle. Uh, you've seen, uh, you know, carbon fiber or uh, you know, even mammoth bone that we've used. The mammoth bone, um, yeah, on I was the, say. Right, on handles. And, and, and even the, the, uh, the 3D Mayan piece would have, has molded metal handles with uh, a Mayan theme uh, in the artwork. Uh, but yeah, this is the XI-1. And um, it's a classic, classic item. Uh, it's when people think cutters, very often, this is the image they see in 100%. their mind, right? Yeah. It's, it's just automatic. And um, as popular today as it's ever been, uh, and also one of my go-to lineups. Um, and very, very popular, as we were talking about with Swag Bunker, very, very popular as a, as a, as a promotional item. Uh, cigar brands love to associate with Sycar and this particular model uh, and put their, you know, put their artwork on it and use it as a, a vehicle to get attention for their new cigar. You, you mentioned that, it, it, you know, a lot of things haven't changed about it. You know, it, it was created 20 years ago. The, the gauge still is appropriate. The action is still, is still the same, you know, in a lot of capacities and everything. It's, it really has been like one of the constants in my entire time. You, you know, you asked me before we started the show, like how long I've been smoking cigars. And I mean, it was around when I started smoking, you know, and, yep. and it, you know, it's been, it's been here and, and will be here. You know, it, it's, it's, it's going to stand the test of time, which is, yep. which is really great about it. Um, And I love, I love this. I love this titanium color. It's beautiful. Um, And uh, I mean, it just took off again, the perfect cut. I've used these for so long um, and it just takes the, the right amount of the cap to give me this perfect guillotine cut uh, for my United Cigar Robusto 5x52. Again, again, we use the same cigar for all three cutters um, and this is good. But the uh, the next piece, I mean, holy cow, Jimmy. What a gorgeous looking piece. This is the, this is in the box. I'm going to go ahead and pull it out. I mean, this is the uh, black and rose gold meridian triple fame soft flame, which will light in just a second. I might need some coaching on how to do this. I've never seen this product. Really? I've never <laughs> seen this product. I am mesmerized. I mean, this is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. 
I mean, that is a statement piece. Holy cow. Um, before we, uh, I'm, I'm going to go actually put some fuel in this. Before we talk about this, the obviously what what's really great about the uh, the XIs cutters is they uh, because of and then the XI ones, twos, and threes, etc. Different material, obviously, and various. The titanium specifically. What's the MSRP on the titanium one that we used tonight? So th this one is at eighty four now eighty nine, and you also you can see the thinness. It's super portable, right? This is super portable. It fits in your fa pocket or regular pocket, um, and uh, you know it's just an excellent piece. And as you saw, the cut is perfect. And for those taking notes tonight, too, uh, with my Zycar, and I did use it to fill the Palio as well, with my Zycar letters, I am using Zycar fuel, too. So I am staying on brand tonight. So <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, gosh. So, okay. Walk us through this, Jimmy. How, how, how does this work? So this is a flint lighter. And uh, with the flint lighter, as soon as you open a cap on a flint lighter, it's releasing gas, okay? And then, so now all it needs is a spark. Okay. And uh, in the front, you see this large roller bar. Right? Okay. Right? This is a roller bar. And if you, with your, using your thumb, you rotate it to the left, which is basically a clockwise action, Whoa. you get the flame, exactly. And what wow. you're seeing there, what you're seeing there are basically three flames that come together and join and make one really robust, large flame. I'll say robust. And, <laughs> and that's, yeah. I'll be off guard. And that's, and yeah, and that's a piece of innovation. This did not exist before this lighted. This, this uh, burner did not exist. So it took us a little while to, to get it right uh, with, uh, you know, some good research and, and some trials and, uh, uh, created this burner so that it would so because we wanted to produce a statement piece a nice solid look there's it's no question that the go-to flame for a cigar smoker well first of all it's a butane flame no matter what kind of flame it is it's certainly a butane flame right because butane burns into uh basically the 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 byproducts are carbon uh dioxide that you breathe out and then water vapor so it's very clean. It's not going to affect the flavor of your cigar. Then, obviously, the go-to has been for the last 20 years, the jet flame. But there are folks, many of which, still enjoy a classic soft flame. And so we wanted to do a nice, you know, statement piece that had a soft flame. But we wanted to do a little bit more. And we also wanted it to be strong enough to deal with larger ring-gauge cigars that many folks tend to smoke and our answer to that was to put three flames into one so we get a nice robust really fat and chewy flame that'll cover the foot of the cigar so as you puff it you're getting good coverage and you're not spending you know five minutes trying to light it that really caught me i'm glad i was not standing too close to it holy cow man that is just awesome just awesome that plate too is really interesting where that flame comes out of. I wondered how this was going to happen. Like, I was like, okay, this is supposed to be a triple. Where are my, where are my three areas? 
but they all come together in that centralized spot. And yeah, so in that disc, you'll see the three outlets where the 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 fuel comes out of. Oh, you're produce, wow! Right? They're small. And then, Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. And then as they produce the flame, the flame naturally just joins in into make one. And you'll see that also in the roller bar, it's textured with the spiral texture. That is mm -hmm. so you have good grip, so that when you you know flick it with your thumb, you get actual rotation it's also a fat roller bar which means you get a lot of torque so you don't have to twist it as hard right yeah. so you get a lot of torque behind it and then in the center is a release where you insert because it is it is using the flint it's not using a what we call an electric piezo which is in a which you normally see in a jet lighter it uses a flint um so the flints go inside when you pull that back there's a little chamber where you'll pop in a new flint how, so the flint, how do i how do i pop it so you get flints like this right so you, you know everyone's seen a you know flints you pop them off of the off of the off of the uh, container like that and then this center piece uh right here you pull it back and it'll show you underneath the chamber where you just drop in the new flint after you worn out the one that's there. Hmm. And then you'll see by the side of that release of that release, there's a little button. And when you press that button, the release snaps into position again. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. And how do you know when you need a new flint? Stop this roller bar. Oh yeah. This roller bar will be loose. Oh, okay. It will have, it will have no friction to, to come against. Okay. So when, when you feel it like just kind of sliding, you've worn through that flint and you just pop in a new one and then uh, you're ready to spark again. Any And any flint will do or do I have, is it a Zycar specialty flint? Well, we do have Zycar flints. And the reason why we produce our own is these are longer lasting. They're, they're stronger. They're ferrous. Um, so they, you know, all of that spinning won't disintegrate it uh, you know, quickly, you'll get a lot of lights out of this, out of each flint. So that's why we produce ours. You'll get a better one, but it will take, there are other brands of flints that you can use. You'll get a light, but mm -hmm. again, you'll get more lights from uh, our ferrous, our ferrous uh, flints. Unbelievable. Oh God. That, that is, means it has iron. That's gorgeous. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. Yeah. Holy cow. I had never, I've never seen this before until today. Like I opened it up. This is my first time seeing it. What a nice, yeah. genuine experience. Um, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear that. And you'll, you'll notice, you know, everything is large on it. So the, the fuel wheel is large. The window is large and the window is tinted red. So you can see it well. Uh, and, you know, makes a nice large flame. Unbelievable. And I think this is perhaps the first uh, Zycar lighter I designed um, with uh, with one of our designers. Co oh, one of our designers. well done, Jimmy. I was just beautiful. Just beautiful. Unbelievable. And what's the what's the MSRP on the Meridian? Yep, this one is uh, $159.99. And I should tell you that um, all of our lighters, and I was going to mention about this one. So this lighter will light at 12,000 feet, right? So if you live in an area or you go to areas of high altitude, we test all of our lighters and we rate them. You can go online and see their rating. And 
and uh, all of the lighters we use today will light at 12,000 feet. And that's important because at 12,000 feet, just like it's difficult for us to breathe, it's also difficult for lighters to breathe. They also need oxygen, obviously, right? Fire needs right. oxygen. Um, so we, we do test them and they're all, uh, all of these that we've tested today uh, will light up at 12,000 feet. That's an what, important feature. Yeah, I've, 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 I've had zero the zero lighter for years and the zero two for years because of the high altitude capability of mm -hmm. it. Um, but that's interesting to know that, that all that uh, the newer products and stuff that you are getting released or have that, that I the high altitude testing. Yeah. Um, speaking of the new products that you guys released, you guys came out with a, a slew of new products for this year's trade show uh, that I thought we could do a little bit of a rundown. I, I had the opportunity to, to, um, to, uh, actually use and see some of these products at this year's trade show uh we'll start with the we we've mentioned a couple of these but i want to go back to palio uh the pistola lighter which was something that was really really exciting and you guys gave uh, uh gave out for all attendees it was actually at the opening party so you got to test it throughout the week which was really nice i i thought that was really really i i i'm I was I would be using it tonight. I still have it. I would be using it tonight, except for I knew we were going to be using lighter, so I didn't bring it mm -hmm. in here. But uh, it's a that's a that's that's a nice little nice little piece as well. Thank you. I actually happen to have one here. Um, so yeah, this is the pistola, and like uh, you know, one of the themes about the polio lighters is that it has a very large tank, and this has an even larger tank. Right, this is you will get easily 150 cigars lit with this, with this, out of this tank. And this is with two flames. Um, so there's it's double jet flame, large transparent tank, also large fuel adjuster. So it's easy to use wide um, uh, trigger. So it's comfortable. Um, and, and this is also, and we were talking about swag bunker, very popular already. Uh, because, you know, it has a lot of space and it's intentional, uh, a lot of space for logoing so that, uh, again, uh, our uh, our partners in the cigar world who sell cigars, they can have, you know, a nice promotional item uh, to help build brand awareness or brand loyalty uh, for their brand. But I can as vouch for that. use, have you seen it already? No, I, I yes, I have it like and I can vouch for the 150 lights as well because mine was full when I got it. I have not refilled that lighter yet exactly. and I've been using it exactly. quite a bit. Yeah. And that's a real convenience, right? Not having to fill it and not worrying about it. I have to think about it. Um, so yeah. And it, again, it's affordable lighter. It's uh, new and uh, we, we like the angled flame of it. You know, there's, there's a, you know, you can see what you're doing when it's not necessarily in front of the cigars off to the side so you can see it. And also it's really comfortable for toasting it's already angled for you, mm -hmm. you know, if you wanted to toast the foot of your cigar. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of thought that went behind this particular design. And, um, and you can also, you can feel that there's texture on the sides for gripping, you know, all these small details really help uh, the overall experience. And there were, you, you were talking about the difference again, we were talking earlier about how Branding is important, and then the delineation between the brands and everything. Palio is obviously the more value priced or value forward line. Uh, with the uh, the Palio Pistola, the Palio uh, uh, Sienna that we used earlier, fall in that range that are that sub twenty dollars. 
you know, below 20 bucks. Um, but you guys also have the Palio Pro series, which is a little bit yep. on the on the little bit on the higher side, but still not hitting that the Zycar market. Yeah. And you guys released the the Polaris, the uh, the Antares, and and the Scorpius as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually have. I, I did not plan this. I didn't know you can ask me about it, but I happen to have uh, a little bit of a collection out in a patio. But uh, yeah, this is an example of a Palio Pro. This is the Palio Pro Antares. It's a double flame. And, you know, it's an all metal body piece. But again, with the mind of value, uh, trying to build as much value as possible into the, into the, into the item. And uh, in, in this case, it's a double flame side squeeze. Uh, yeah, it does have some, you know, uh, what we call real estate for, you know, promotional use as well. But uh, at, um, you know, the Palio Pro is is sits just above the Palio line. So it's going to be in the $29, $39, $49 range. Still very affordable. We try to pack in as much um, details as possible. Um, so you see a really large uh, fuel window and uh, it's tinted behind in orange. So you could see it a little bit better. It's got all of the um, you know big features like the, the the fuel adjuster, easy to use. It's super smooth, um, and it's a grab and go. So there's no you know in this case you don't have to flip a cap. Um, and then you'll see you know a lot of vent work. Again, the vents are for the flame to breathe, so that it has a, a very high strike rate you know you don't have to worry about it you know clicking two or three times to get the flame it'll it'll click every time it'll light every time that also helps with the the uh, the altitude uh performance as well so we try to build in all the features we know and still have it at an affordable price um value price and we see that as an area that uh, we weren't occupied in and we want to be there. We want to offer the consumer that price point and that value for that price point uh, so that we have, you know, essentially for the stores, a complete line, a complete offering for anything that a particular uh, consumer may be looking for or the guy who's who has it all and still is looking for, you know, the you know, this the fifth or sixth peak in, in his collection. So the uh, the pistola, uh, what's the what's the retail for on the pistola? So the pistola is fourteen ninety nine. What a deal! That's a bargain. Yeah, yeah, it's a great deal. And the Antares, the one that you just showed, the pro. So that's, I uh, believe, it's forty four ninety nine. The um, Polaris is the triple flame version. I don't happen to have one here, but. It's a uh, pull down trigger with triple flames that come to a nice point. They're very oh, important. Nice. As you yeah, see, I remember seeing as that. As you see, this double flame also comes to a point. So you get the power of two, but the accuracy of one. That's the idea behind that. So that if you want to do touch ups or if you smoke a thinner cigar, you're not spreading flame all around the edges. And then we also have uh, the Scorpius, which is an interesting cigar. It is an, also an angled flame. It is also, it's, uh, we use a oversized, a larger single flame than normal. And it also has fold down tools. So it has, it does have a punch built into it that folds out. And it also has a drawer enhancer uh, if you wanted to use that. Uh, all built in seamlessly and it just folds out from from the front side nice and and that one is 29.99 uh, oh wow uh, a really uh reachable price for for most people yeah 
Yeah. Well, even this, I mean, like the the meridian, you know, which is on the, the higher side of things we've discussed tonight, and that's certainly not it's not the apex of what Zycar goes to. I know, especially some of the cutters and like the mammoth tooth and things like that. I mean, that that gets it gets up there in price, and, and it should because I mean it's, they're just immaculately made, and I mean what incredible material. Uh, Zycar had two featured products at this year's show as well: the Ion um, and the Xi One Perfect Cut. Um, I don't know if you happen to have either one of those, but if you wanted to talk a little bit about those products. Well, yeah, well, the XI1 Perfect Cut is the XI1, and the back is closed. And what that does is, is it allows you to not have to worry about governing your cuts, right? You get essentially a perfect cut every time. Uh, it cuts about two and a half millimeters. Um, so that would give you what, you know, a a more traditionalist would want a very thin slice off of that cap, right? So it gives you a, a nice cut. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to. So any novice can get a perfect cut without even trying. I actually think that that's probably one of the reasons why people like a V cut because you don't have to be super careful to measure it, right? Mm -hmm. It's governed. So the same, uh, same idea with the perfect cut. And of course, for, you know, for promotional uses, with the back cut, you get a lot of space um, to put logos. So when we want people want to make a special customized item, uh, they can. Even on your own, you could do that. You know, you could take it to a local engraving shop and put your own name on it if, you, if that's what you would like to do. Or if you're a club, you know, we could do that for you. Or you could bring it somewhere and your club, your cigar club could have customized items with their with their logo on it. And then the, the Ion is a new lighter for Zycar. It is a um, double flame again and we are careful to, our, we like our double flames to come to a point for that precision uh, and it's really unique in that it has a push in trigger so you literally just grab it push it in. The, the I wish I had it with me but I don't but uh, the, um, the trigger is the whole front of the lighter, the right. entire front so your whole thumb fits on the trigger. Really easy to use. It feels good. You feel like you have full control of it as you're lighting your cigar. And again, it's patterned and it has a beautiful uh, check pattern on it, which, you know, it just looks super rich. It looks more expensive than it is, quite frankly. Uh, it's a super elegant piece. Uh, you know, within the Zycar brand, we have some sportier looking pieces and some techie looking pieces. This is more of the classic, more elegant look. And just like, as we may have our classic and sporty watch collection, where we have a watch where it's more sporty and we, we maybe use it on a day to day. And when we want to get fancy or we have a, you know, a dress up place to go to, we might have a, a more fancy looking watch and do the same thing with shoes, right? I find that people have the same thing in their collection. So when they want to go out and they want to show off, um, they like these more, you know, elegant looking pieces. And when they go hunting or whatever, they might have like a tactical with them where they can clip onto their belt or clip onto their pocket and, uh, and then not, you know, and, and have something that's kind of goes along with the rest of their, you know, outfit and whatever that they're, they're, they're going out with. So, um, the ion fits, you know, it's a more classic look. And I think it looks super elegant, super easy to use. And uh, I'm really happy about it. I'm excited how it was a huge hit uh, 
the stores really loved it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the stores later on this year. And I think, I think people will really like it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, it was a beautiful piece and I love the fact that your entire thumb, like you mentioned, went on it. It was really great. We, we talked a little bit earlier about humidors and I know that there, again, we were talking about brand delineation as well. So I think it's important to know like the Supreme humidors, the humidor Supremes that you guys came out with, like the Baltazar two, the cigar towers, the desktop humidors, this is a different this is a different area this isn't that's like the, the the normal quality importers uh humidors which are great but it there's a again you're going after a different a different market with those um so it's, i think it's important to talk about the distinction between the both the two excuse me well sure you know uh as i was just saying with the lighters uh in in in, in zycar having you know sporty looks and traditional looks or in uh more contemporary looks and traditional looks uh, you could do the same thing in humidors, obviously, right? And our bread and butter has been the traditional look. In fact, the very first humidor uh, that was part of the quality importers line is still sold and selling well today. And it's a traditional piece. And with humidors, they're, they're obviously they're bigger. So they, they take a bigger presence wherever you put them. So the styling is important. And so traditional looks have always been super important in humidors and they will continue to be because they go in people's homes or in offices and they and 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 they need to sort of live well with the rest of the uh furniture or the appearance of, of that room but people also have other kinds of tastes and 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 other styles and we've explored a little bit of that as well so we've had We've introduced some contemporary pieces like the Aria, which is a very angled piece. And uh, we also have a glass top version of that. Mm -hmm. uh, we introduced the Oro. Excuse me. And the Oro has some traditional aspects to it. There's some gold detail under the lacquer. There's still, you know, fine lacquered pieces, but we've added some innovation and some technology to it. So in the front of the Oro humidors, you see a biometric fingerprint lock, uh, which will hold up to, you know, memory in its memory, five different fingerprints. And instead of having to lock and key to maybe, you know, protect your collection from maybe if it's at home from kids or or if it's from, you know, at your workplace from people who might want a free cigar, uh, it uses your, your thumb or fingerprint to open up and close and lock. Um, also what we see, what we've done is that we know that there is a large market and, you know, we have our Zycar Boveda branded, uh, two-way humidity. We've introduced, uh, new models of humidors with humid, what we call humidification panels, where you can slot in a couple of two-way packs and, uh, and we've designed that. So it has a design to it. Uh, again, we're, uh, trying to, uh, you know, build that humidor supreme uh, brands and give brand awareness with some innovative and interesting design elements. Um, and also with our, our uh, uh, furniture pieces, what we call the furniture pieces, you'll see we've added lighting to the towers. Um, so there's, you'll come with the remote. And not only can you just put 
white light, you could, if you wanted to, put blue light, you could turn it on to blue light or red light, whatever you wanted to do. If you're a store, you might want to call attention to it that way. Or if at home, you want, you might, you might want some ambient lighting to it. All LED, so it's low level light and it's not going to dry out cigars or anything, it doesn't create heat. Um, and it's also fuel efficient, energy efficient. Uh, and uh, try to add, you know, more innovation uh, to, you know, the humidors. I think that um, it's been what we've done from the beginning where, you know, Mike was one of the, I think the first to, when you buy a humidor, he, he talks about this. Um, back in the old days, like if you remember in the 90s buying a computer, you'd have to like pick which processor, pick which, which um, uh, hard drive you wanted. All you, you know, it was all a la carte. And with quality importers, we're the first one to in already include a hygrometer, already include a humidifier, already include a tray and a, mm -hmm. a divider. And so that when you bought it, it was ready to go, you know, almost like, you know, back in the old days when you know, I remember getting Christmas gifts and they had no batteries. And, OK, I'd have to wait a day or two to play with it. Absolutely. One of this the is... reasons I've brought <laughs> QI humidors for years is just the all inclusiveness. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. So that's part of the innovation, you know, using new, you know, new technology to continue to innovate. Um, what is essentially a traditional item, right? You, you still have to line it with cedar. That's a traditional way. That's what people, you know, expect. Um, and, um, and now, you know, just doing, uh, you know, relatively small things like the design and you might have a more modern design in your home. So you might want something more contemporary to fit in with that. Um, Baltasar is, a, is an example of that as well. But like I said, yes. you'll always have both because as personalities, we like both. Honestly, I'm so excited about the Baltasar. It's a gorgeous piece. So, um, well, Jimmy, thank you so much for walking us through your journey and some of the, these products and these pairings. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this exercise and, uh, really enjoyed uh, learning more about the products and everything. We do have a couple of questions to wrap up our evening uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll get on with those. So the first of our last few questions is uh, brought to you by Pastania Cigars. Uh, everybody eats when it comes to Pastania Cigars. If you're always make sure that your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Pastania Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude and grit. With Pastania, everybody eats. So, uh, Jimmy, there's a series of questions here on, the, on this one, but I get to pick one. So I, I always ask, like, what is a food? Not always, but like one of these questions is what is a food or dish that you love that you wouldn't have tried if it had not been offered or forced upon you by someone else? Oh, sure. I, I, the first one that comes to mind was uh, uh, I had uh, – I travel a lot and uh, well, I, I used to travel a lot. And um, one of the places I went to was China. And um, I learned that I really like the food in China. Like I really love it. And I've always been experimental uh, with food. I, 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 I like to uh, explore different foods, but this one was kind of rough. Um, <laughs> a big bowl, like a, a, a big serving bowl came to the table and, um, inside was a broth and I could see what looked like a turtle that had been smashed with the mallet 
was all inside with the feet and the shell and all that. And it just, I have heard about turtle soup from New Orleans. I've never had, actually had it. And I saw this dish and it was, it took me a good half hour to try it as I had uh, my guests or I was their guests as my hosts were uh, egging me on to, you know, please just try this. And, uh, and I, I could eat almost anything from chicken feet to pig ears and pigs now and you name it, yeah. no problem. But this one, it just looked a bit violent, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um after about a half hour, I did try it and I was shocked because it tasted exactly like Thanksgiving turkey stuffing. <laughs> it had like, I guess, herb de Provence and like lavender and all those French herbs that are common in turkey stuffing, traditional American turkey stuffing. Oh gosh. And it tasted like that in a soup. And I ended up having like two bowls of it. It was so good, but the visual wow. was, uh, took me a while. Yeah. So, That's a little off. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it would have taken me about that much time too. Now I'll try anything too. Like that's the thing about like me. I, I'll, I'm 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 with you, Jane. I think we could go to any restaurant and find, you know, try just different things. I would, I would love that kind of experience. But yeah, if that showed up at my table, I probably would be I would be taken aback as well. So you're you're not <laughs> you're not for company there. Awesome. <laughs> Well, terrific. Well, the uh, the next segment is our um, what we call our asylum segment, which is uh, refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Now, Jimmy, the point of this particular segment is to talk about, you know, cigars, we've talked about what drew you to this industry, right? And drew you to the roles that you've taken on is the people. You let, and even coming to your news, your latest role with quality importers, more people. That's what you said. You're like, we're a community-based hobby and 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 pastime. It's, it's all about yep. people. And so 100%. we, we really enjoy being together and smoking cigars using our favorite lighters and cutters and showing off our humidors and things. But every so often we get that moment where it's just us and a cigar, you know, like you said, you like to smoke outdoors, you know, maybe it was a, a celebration of something. Maybe it was just a simple moment of pondering, but every once in a while we get that moment where it was just us and the cigar and nothing else. Um, I'm sure you've had several of these over the course of your lifetime. Like what's one that comes to mind? And if you can remember, what were you smoking and what was that moment about? Well, yeah, uh, I'm sure like you, I can remember a lot of moments like that. I've had them quite frequently and uh, from the very beginning until, until now. Um, I do remember there are a handful of memories that come to mind. Uh, I do remember coming back. Uh, well, not coming back. I was at an airport. I often smoke uh, at airports outside mm -hmm. because I used to be a very nervous flyer. So I would smoke oh, a cigar to, to relax. Uh, and after doing dozens and dozens of flights, I kind of got used to it. But thankfully, but I was a very, very nervous flyer. So I'd always smoke before the flight. And uh, I went to uh, I went on vacation. And I was in, uh, I was actually in Lisbon, Portugal on vacation. And it was uh, uh, my first vacation 
I think in maybe about seven, eight years. So I went about seven, eight years without having a vacation. This was like the first time I went to it. So I decided to go there. And uh, at the end of it, I was on at the airport to go home. And I was just outside and I was uh, had been enjoying um, a lot of Cuban cigars, which uh, I don't normally, don't usually smoke. But when I travel, I, I take advantage of the opportunity. And I was smoking a Monte Cristo Edmundo outside and just uh, feeling super happy and super relaxed of having met up with old friends, uh, people that I used to live with when I was a student, when I rented a room, uh, former classmates who stayed there and, and lived there. And uh, I, you know, I bought a box of cigars. There's a great uh, store in downtown Lisbon, really unique in their shelving and the way they display it, super crazy looking and unique. Uh, I remember buying cigars there and, and, and seeing, um, you know, brands that I had you know, never tried and trying a bunch. And then at the end of that trip, um, just kind of just like uh, reflecting on what a great, it was actually just uh, like a week and a half great trip it was super relaxed and i was really ready to go home and uh, so that's a, a memorable moment because i was uh i got to because the other thing that is generally my habit is i generally smoke cigars pretty quickly and i actually took a while to smoke it you know i actually took it was probably an hour outside so that and, and the weather was awesome too so that's a memorable one there are many nice. there are many beautiful this next one is a second to our last one. This is just more like a rapid fire. So it's pretty simple. I call it this or that, Jimmy. I give you two choices. You pick one. So it's just your personal preference. So uh, let's talk. We've been talking about accessories tonight. So what do you prefer? Soft flame or a torch? I prefer a torch. Okay. All right. The Zycar Envoy Triple, which is a leather case offering or a cigar caddy. Uh, I like a cigar caddy because I tend to, well, I'm, a, uh, you know, I smoke a lot, so I need the capacity. Nice. Also makes it a little bit more durable. I love leather cases. I, I, I have a number of them. I use them too. They're not just statement pieces that I have in a closet or anything like that. Just, no, I actually use them. I, 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 I use them when obviously like when I'm going someplace on a, sh it's a shorter trip, right? It's a, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm going to the Same. park with my kids or something like that. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I love the leather case feel. It's fantastic. I love it. I take it to weddings, right. Where I'm yeah. probably going to be the only cigar smoker. Um, but funnily enough, I'll have my cigar caddy in the car when someone inevitably says, Hey, do you have any more? Absolutely. I sure do. So, um, uh, so it's kind of like it's kind of like a both thing for me, but I prefer to carry the leather case because I just I just like the feel of them. Mm -hmm. I uh, also carry the three finger case because I don't want to crush my cigars. Yes, definitely. Um, all right. When it comes to food, fried chicken or fried fish? Um, I love fish. But I, I don't really like it fried. <laughs> I'm with you, Jimmy. I'm with you 100. percent I love it. I and I like. I mean, I'll eat fried catfish like there's no going like it's going out of style. Yeah. But I love fish by itself. Like good fish does not yeah. need to be fried. Like yeah. But if I if I were to fry either one, I I, I think I would like. Uh, I guess I'd go with the fried fish. Yeah. I do like tartar sauce. Um, I am from New England. 
Right, right, exactly. So um, we already talked. I already had I had a weather one pick that you already kind of talked about that. So, uh, but we did talk about Rome. So, but ancient Rome or ancient Greece, and interpret it however you want. Been to both. Um, I think ancient Rome because uh, ancient Rome, yeah, ancient Rome, ancient Rome, yeah. Okay. A really comfortable pair of jeans or a really comfortable pair of slacks? Jeans. I like to wear jeans every day. Yes. There's nothing. I, I've worn jeans all my life, but when you find like a really good, comfortable pair of jeans, it's awesome. I never, I never paid above. I, this is, this is kind of embarrassing. I've never paid like above like $18 for a pair of jeans in my life. Until like a couple of years ago, on a whim, I just there was this like pair of jeans in a store. It was eighty bucks. I was like, I want to see what eighty eighty dollars jeans feels like. And I put them on. And I was like, Holy shit! <laughs> this is the most comfortable pair of pants I've oh, ever really? had in my life. Yeah, I was like, I'm Oh my school. god, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna pay eighty dollars <laughs> for this pair of jeans. I don't know why. This is crazy. I still own them. They're fantastic. I've only ever had Levi jeans. Only classics, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've I was I was a Wrangler kid. Always it's always Wrangler. Okay. So Wrangler boot cut. Uh, You're in Texas. Yeah. Definitely. Um all right. Uh would you rather go back to nineteen twenty three? So hundred years ago, or would you rather fast forward and go to twenty one twenty three? Oh for sure go forward. Twenty one twenty three for sure. We know we know what happened, right? I have no idea what it, what twenty one twenty three is going to be like. So that's very interesting yeah. to me. I think it'd be cool to kind of experience the Roaring Twenties, but I like the idea of like what 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 is going to happen in the future. There is a time period that I do like, which is post World War II America. I'm I'm in love with the forties and fifties, especially the films of that time. Yes, forties, early fifties, especially, and they they just. It looks like an amazing time to live. Uh, and I especially, and I often think about, I actually often think about it, 1950s New York City, what that would be like. That sounds very exciting to me, but uh, I generally like to look to the future. Yeah. I'm, I might have to bring you back, Jimmy, for we, I, I do about three uh, or four shows a year uh, around a film or movie, and I bring on cigar, oh. cigar people. And so last week we did Casablanca. It was the, we missed One the 80th, yeah. We missed the 80th anniversary by a few months. Obviously, it was late, late last year, but we wanted to do something to attribute to that. So, uh, and it was you really. Have, you have a favorite movie? Uh yes, but it's not. It's not a classic. Field of Dreams, man. I'm a baseball kid. Um, there's just something beautiful and magical about that film. I absolutely love it. But no, Casablanca is one of my favorite, absolutely favorite films. I love that era too. Um, mm -hmm. That you're that you're that you're fond of the 40s and 50s. I think some of the I think some of the best, most amazing films have come out of that era. I'm a big film noir fan too, like that style. Um, and yeah, and I like Maltese Falcon also. Oh gosh, which so was, good. Which was actually, I, I believe that's a John Huston film and mm -hmm. trivia. John Huston passed away in my hometown, actually. Oh, he yeah. Film in, the, in, New Bed in uh, New, Newport. Yeah, I uh, I love the Maltese Falcon. It's fantastic. The uh, To Have and Have Nots, another, the, the Bogart Bacall film, really yeah. good. Um, and the, the book. Yes. 
the uh the um oh gosh um i'm i'm drawing a blank it was remade it was remade horribly later later on in in like the 70s and jimmy stewart ended up playing the old general but it was a bogart film with bacall um why am i drawing a blank and i i've seen it a thousand times um oh goodness this is this is embarrassing um it's not the Sierra Nevada film, is it? Uh, no, not Sierra Madre. The uh, to have a tough night I mentioned before, but the uh, oh gosh, uh, the Big Sleep, the Big, the big Sleep, okay, yes, nineteen forty six. So, yeah. God bless. That was embarrassing. Um, I'm also a big John Wayne fan too. My I, I, my my father and I literally no texting me right. My father and I watched every John Wayne film when I was a kid together. Like we've right. seen, we've seen, we saw literally all of them. He wouldn't let me see Cowboys until I turned sixteen. I have no idea. Like, great film, very violent. There's some dark and mature themes in that film for sure. But like looking back at some of the other movies, like I mean, you know, Big Big Jake is also pretty damn. But he let me watch that pretty young too, and I was like, Dad, that's all. That's like a worse film than Cowboys. He's like, Yeah, I probably missed. He's like, I probably screwed up in that one. He's like, But, but yeah, we we watched every single John Wayne film um, together. So, um, at least post also- the Big Trail. Because he made so many stuff before that. I don't know if you ever caught in the Maltese Falcon. There's a very interesting scene with a old Bronson stick lighter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, God, Bronson's been around forever. It's nuts. Talking about ancient history. That's crazy. Um, do you collect any vintage letters by chance? Just as like a. I do. I have okay. two drawers of vintage letters. You know, in. in um, when I was living in New York, there was a shop that's since closed called OK Cigars in Soho. And they had a vintage, and they had these Ronson stick lighters there too, but they had a, a big vintage collection, and I would go there a lot. And also, I'd pick them up in um, in flea markets. Uh, very often, you'd catch these old. So I have a, a, a collection of 1960s, 1970s, and some 1980s lighters um of, of you know various styles and configurations and you know some of the first ones that would have built-in you know cutters and uh, all different technologies all different brands and they were really made you know we talk about how the industry has changed for when i first started you know a lot of the distribution has changed dramatically too so when i was uh beginning a lot of the distribution was in jewelry stores and in luggage shops and engraving mm. shops but but uh, engraving shops have gone, uh, luggage shops, pen shops have gone away. And so there was a big transition. One of the biggest transitions was all those shops going away. And then a lot of, a lot of sales and purchases happening online. Wow. But um, that was a big difference. But yeah, I, I do collect. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, Jimmy, again, thank you so much for your time tonight. This is the last and final question. I promise it's our curveball segment, which is always brought to you by Dunbart Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Sokka. So uh, we we talked a lot about Zycar's success, uh, obviously pre-acquisition and then post-acquisition, what's done for you guys at Quality Importers and the impact that it's had on Quality Importers as a whole and how you've been able to segment that market and really build up that piece. But I was interested to, to, to talk about this hypothetical with you, and this is why it's my, my curveball segment. 
So let's just say for the sake of argument that Quality Imports had had the opportunity at that moment in time to purchase either Zycar or DuPont. Okay. Both luxury style pieces, obviously one is is even higher higher up on the echelon market and everything like that. If they had decided to purchase DuPont, which by the way, I'm not spreading rumors here, everybody. This is a hypothetical fun question for Jimmy. Don't 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 quote me on this, right? But if they decided to acquire DuPont instead of Zycar, do you think the do you think that the impact it do you think it would have had a greater impact or a less impact that what Zycar has done for quality importers as a whole? Uh, so the impact on quality importers? Yeah. Well, I definitely think the Zycar um, purchase did and would uh, have a bigger impact. I think there's a handful of reasons. Uh, one, um, the distribution was different, a little bit different. Um, it, it, it also, uh, you know, Zycar is a fully mature brand. So it is not just lighters and cutters, right? The famous XI. Zycar is much more. Zycar is, there's a butane, there's the travel cases, there's the humidification products. Um, uh, we have digital hygrometers. It is a full uh, brand, full line. It has, it's within many product categories. And uh, again, with the distribution, that's allowed us to, to open up um, to gain more new customers and more new fans that we may perhaps not have had and also introduce our other lines to many other retailers and other consumers that may have not been exposed to one of our other nine brands. So for sure, the sidecar is, is a much bigger impact. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. I have to imagine the, 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 I mean, I think DuPont would have been obviously impactful, but yeah, I have to imagine that that the segmenting of the market's obviously more obvious and a little bit, it's easier when it's something that Uber, right? It's something that, you know, extravagant, but I have to imagine that that would have been pretty challenging. That would be, had been pretty challenging. And again, hypothetical situation, people, I'm just creating something here. So just for dialogue. Um, but it it would be pretty challenging to to you know take over something like that and then and have that in conjunction with with all the other offerings. Zycar fits to me. This when I this is why I framed the question the way I did. I think Zycar fits a lot better in the quality importer space. Not to say that you guys couldn't have been successful with DuPont if that had ever, you know, hypothetically had ever happened, right? So um anyway, I was I was it's there's just interesting. Yeah, I would say there are more synergies, I think, with 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 Sycart than than you know an ultra high brand. But we've we're we we've we have those capabilities as well. Uh, yeah. Just this just this PCA, we we introduced a new group of products that we did in conjunction with with Jacob and Co, which is an Uber high level brand, Uber high right. level. Uber exclusive, ultra exclusive brand, and we did one of a kind pieces that that are you know uh, the four pieces that we did this year. Uh, retail MSR piece of sixteen thousand. A couple of years ago, we did a piece uh, for a hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So this is not an area that we are unfamiliar with, and sure. we have certainly have experience with, um, and we will you know we look to continue that. 
and making uh, what we call the Zycar exclusives, where we create these one of a kind um, uh, uh, you know, statement museum pieces. So it's certainly a capability we have and that we're exercising today. And, and we're doing that under the Zycar brand. I think it can be more, it's probably, it's probably more fun this way. You know, it, it is because it's wide open. There are no expectations, uh, you know, and we can work with literally any partner in the world to create um, um, just, you know, high, super high quality, the, you know, the best quality materials you, that are available and the sky's the limit as far as imagination and what we can do. So there's there's no expectations. Everything is is a surprise, and that I think is what makes it exciting. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy, again, thank you so much for all your time this evening. What a wonderful journey we had down your career, your life, and then also with this with these wonderful opportunities to pair these accessories with the cigar smoking experience. The starting obviously with the the Palio V cut um, and the uh, Palio Sienna lighter, uh, which wonderful wonderful pieces at an incredible steal and incredible bargain uh the next one of course we had was the uh the 10 millimeter punch cut uh which was the, the both was the both experiences were the best experiences i've had um with a punch cutter and a v cutter and i'm not just saying that because you're here jimmy i was really you saw my reaction i was taken aback by the v cut um, and then the uh, the punch cut certainly delivered as well and of course we lit that with the um the term uh lighter the five by excuse me the five by the 64 term lighter which is designed specifically to fit with your cigars in the cigar humidor and cigar carrying case which is perfect and then uh the piece de resistance is of course the classic of course we had the xi titanium cutter with yes the meridian black and rose gold unbelievable pieces unbelievable beautiful thank you so much for the opportunity to showcase these on the show try them out um and uh i mean it was a wonderful experience i really enjoyed it thank you jimmy thank you i appreciate the opportunity to talk about our products and then what what's going on in quality and quarters and uh it's been a lot of fun thank you so much absolutely so for everyone out there we do really appreciate those likes shares and uh, comments keep them coming we had a great audience tonight thanks for staying up late with us as always you can always check out our youtube channel later uh, ls Fumar. don't forget to hit the subscribe button we broadcast live every sunday night on facebook live just as we did tonight so our facebook page is ls Fumar. you can hit that like button and you can always see a calendar of upcoming events and scheduled guests which is fantastic and then of course if you are listening to us later wherever you listen to podcasts whether that be on apple podcast spotify google play podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts including iHeartRadio. sure you download subscribe and review uh if you already are a subscriber do me a favor hit unsubscribe but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that really helps my numbers and then that allows me to get great guests like jimmy when whenever i want so um really appreciate it as always again uh as always my name is bear duplissy i'm the host as always for ellos fumar takes live from the alec bradley lone star studio of azel texas he's jimmy miuto of quality importers trading company guess what everybody We'll see you next time.